Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Kennedy to McMahon, you done done it again and you done done it the worst this time. That show sucks. I want my $35 back. I want my 30 years back of pro wrestling fandom. And I want you to stop booking this bull. You're screwing your fans. You're screwing me. I'm pissed off. I want my $35. I could have got five grande nacho taco meals at Taco Bell. But instead, I watched this bull show. A bunch of bull people. We watched the TV half the time. What the fuck is this? man stop it do something else um don't want to see this ever again if i watch wwe one more time that's gonna be the last time i'm done here it's stupid i can't believe i got tricked into coming to this show um stop it yo it's Grapsody with Will, Phil, and Reg Trying to keep it real instead of what you usually get from these talking heads It's Grapsody, we're here to fill the void Three black fans, different perspective, gotta fill your voice Coming with the podcast, talking majors, indies in between Yeah, it's all that, and we're down with Fightful, better fallback Coming for respect, we connect like a ball bat No need to double check, these are all facts You're listening to us talk raps you're listening to us talk craps. Will Phil and Reg. Yeah, we're craps a D here to talk craps. Yeah, we're craps a D here to talk craps. It's our anniversary. <laughs> it's Do our you anniversary. Know what today is? <laughs> yeah, that was beautiful. What a great way to start the show. And my how have things changed since october 11 2021 we're in a different world shout out to kadeem hardison and jasmine guy and uh chris summer didn't they just do the reunion thing or has that aired yet i don't know if it's aired yet but they are definitely in the streets promoting it and they all look they, great man what an amazing they time were, yeah they were on <laughs> breakfast club i know um which was a great interview by the way mm-hmm. so, yeah um come on man great, great interview. <laughs> it, it felt like uh I don't know. It's gonna start playing at what is it? The moments like this <laughs> way in a lifetime. <laughs> no, honestly, I was just I put that together and I was just going through the stuff we've done in the last year and just realizing, you know, you saw West Side Gun in that intro. You saw, yeah, uh, there was Big Swole there. You saw uh, our interviews with, uh, oh yeah, and there's you saw us with Carmelo Hayes. You saw our interviews, all the ones we had, Red Velvet and uh, Powerhouse Hobbs, uh, Swerve Strickland, Jade Cargill. Um, we got to be a Blue Wire Studios. Like we did a lot in this last year. This has been a really dope year, and I'm really just excited to look up and realize that 
yeah, you know, um, and of course, Reg a year ago, I had to throw, like, I was done with the intro, and then I was like, oh my god, I don't even have, like, Reg's rant anywhere in here. <laughs> I was like, you know what? I'm going to throw the whole thing on the beginning. I mean, one that more was time. the starting point, like, from that point on. That was, like, <laughs> the Grapsity moment where I was like, all right, we're getting kicked off. I don't know what, what inspired me to do that rant. I don't know what happened. It just, like, felt, everything felt right. Just like our story to get to Gravity, like that story. It just felt oh, right. Yeah. It was just like, that, that is what I need to do right now. And that's what's going to kick this off. And it did. We lit. Yeah, and it did. And no, it's it's been a really great year. I can't believe it's been a whole year. Uh, I mean, look, I have been doing podcasts for 17 years, right? Like going on 18, like as, as soon as I hit 2023, it's 18 years of podcast. But I will say Crazy. that uh, this year has just been an amazing year. I'm so thankful for Grapsity. Uh and there's been some great opportunities that have come out of Grapsity. Um Yeah, don't and... say, gee <laughs> Louise. I've had some of the craziest moments of my life due to Grapsity. Now I was thinking about it, my favorite moments of the last year were uh Vegas, Texas, and Florida were, you know, the times we got to really be in the same area. Mm-hmm live and shit see the same shit got to experience the briscoes and ftr together as a yeah as a trio yeah we were there and just it's we had some great times man good times great memories all the supporters that we ran into while out at these places i can't even express how amazing everyone has been for the last year not just in life in real life but uh online like people have come to bat for that tweet yesterday about international podcast day there were people being like grapsity 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 it's just it's amazing to see y'all it's, it's amazing and i i am so grateful and like oddly enough it like doesn't really like inflate the ego in a way um you would think it would but it's like really humbling in a way mm-hmm. and i just i appreciate everything thank you all seriously i mean that's a lie me is saying that it doesn't inflate the ego because you know I'm like, come on. They're not doing it like you guys. They're not doing it like you. That's Will Washington. <laughs> He's supposed to be humble. No humbleness over here. Fuck y'all niggas. It's Grapsity. <laughs> We're the greatest of all time. One fucking year. We didn't did all kind of shit. You saw the intro, bro. You see, you see how it goes. Most of those wrestlers wanted to take pictures with us if we flex it on them. It wasn't like we're over here being little Mark boys. We didn't give up no money, no $60. We didn't give up one sixty dollars to get a picture. They was trying to get pictures with your boys because it's your boys. We are your yeah. boys. No, I'm just kidding, man. It's been super humbling moment. We've had I've had <laughs> uh, the AEW video game. I mean, I've cried real tears based off things that came from this show when Will Hobbs came out, Powerhouse Hobbs came out to my song on Dark. Like I couldn't. That's like I couldn't hold those tears back. That's real life shit. That's shit that I've wanted for my entire life. And Grapsity is the reason that I got that shit. So I've been in positions that I never even imagined I could be in just because we wake up at on Saturday mornings and talk shit. Like, who could, how could you deny that? I know, yeah. right? Uh, and, yeah. and, and I'm glad I was able to talk you guys into Saturday mornings, by the way, because I know that that's like not exactly an ideal time. But honestly, I feel like it's worked out. We can yeah. chill. Um, I love everybody in the chat and getting to be here in the chat. And thank you all in the chat. Um and yeah it's it's and by the way you know what else it is it's october 1st it's the first of the month spooky get season up, get up get up spooky uh, season um, <laughs> yeah it definitely does feel like a lot of i'm i'm just thinking all the people to thank before i say anything mm-hmm. um 
it does feel like it's like a long list. Like, I don't know, when you think of just like that last track on a lot of rap records um, of just like the, the thank yous, like the the last track on uh on uh yeah, all right, buddy. It was good. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I, I dropped I dropped my phone, but yes, we're yeah. The, the the last track on uh, Food and Liquor, where Lupe goes through his thank yous or mm-hmm. whatever. Kanye going through this. Oh, that the end of uh, College Dropout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, went all the way to IKEA, built the built the bed ourselves. Um, <laughs> um, but no, yeah, it's a lot of thank yous, man. Land. Appreciate you to SRS, of course, for giving us a shot, man. Fightful.com. Um, man, big appreciations to, man, just everybody that has supported this podcast. Uh, Rode microphones. Uh, oh, my gosh. Shout out to Rode. Rode. Shout out to Rode. sound beautiful and fly. Uh, big shout out to my guy, Emilio Sparks, who before we started this podcast, um, I was laughing with him last night because he was like, yeah, being on your podcast, but I don't think people realize like how often we talk. And um, mm-hmm. I'm like, before we even start our podcast, I, I talked to him about podcasting because guys produce podcasts. And he gave me good advice. He gave me real critiques. Um, he's a real friend, man. And um, I think there are a lot of people that I think have showed up for us and have been real friends this year. Um, so, yeah, appreciate you. Appreciate anybody that has been a guest on this thing. Andrew. I was going to say, I'd be remiss to say any thank yous without giving it up to Andrew Thompson because, of course, this none of this would And I had to make sure I got him without, in the intro for yeah, that. Of course, yeah. none of this would be happening without Andrew Thompson. He's the glue Andrew that Thompson got, for sure. got Rhapsody together. Uh, man, everybody that's come through and be a guest on our podcast. Uh, Captain Sean Dean. Appreciate I didn't you. get the captain in Aaron there. Black. Uh, I should Black. have. Or Barrett, no. yeah. I, I, look, I, I'm going to be honest with everybody. I made that intro less than an hour ago. Uh, no, sorry. <laughs> I started that intro less than an hour ago. I finished it like five minutes before the show. Mm-hmm. And because uh, I had been thinking about it all all day. And I'm like, okay, what do I want to get in there? And I was thinking about all the clips and like having to go find them and all that, like and hunting it down and making sure I got everything. And yeah, I found myself. I hit export in Premiere. <laughs> 9.55 my time. <laughs> <laughs> so that would be, and the show starts at 10, so. Yeah, and I'm, I'm just trying to think of anybody that was Jade, Revel, but all the, all the people we've interviewed in the first year, everybody's come on, uh, the homie Jeff that came on, uh, uh, Candice uh, Lowe, uh, anybody that's come on our podcast and supported our, what we're doing. Um, of course, our listeners, um, people that, like, get on Twitter and just jump on and and it understand our dumb references and mm-hmm. keep stupid jokes going like the beans thing. Appreciate yep. y'all. Cal California. It's great. No, I, I love it all. Although we got to talk about something now. Um, Phil Lindsay. Uh, well, Phil did. I'd say more is what MJF did because we had talked about uh, this on the show. <laughs> I forgot, <laughs> so, yeah, I forgot you know, that I got involved with the beef too. Now we, we riding, so, we riding. So yeah, you know, I seen a certain guy that's still wearing Burberry scarves in 2022. Like that's yep. a thing. Um, um, uh, I seen him shooting. I was like, oh, interesting. I didn't know we was doing that. And at the way I put it on Twitter afterwards, I was like, why are you shooting at me? 
Why are you not shooting at homeboy that had you stretched out of T-Mobile Arena? I'm saying. Shooting at the right I ain't did nothing. I and I your boys happened to be there. I seen it. I seen you get stretched out. Mm-hmm. So I seen it. <laughs> I don't know. Why why are you mad at me? Uh, you should be mad at Warlow, in my opinion. You really mad at me, or are you really mad at the fact that Chicago Punk walked away and probably you won't get that win back, buddy? Ooh, whoa, yeah. We really shoot mad. We shoot from that. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I don't know, man. Hey. But it was cute. It was a cute tweet. <laughs> Super cute. Super, Super cute. Maxwell's just... You know how Maxwell does. He's just... He's, he's having out it. He's out here. He's having oh, fun. Man. By I'm... the way, too, I thought it was funny this week, man. You're a promo guy, aren't you? You're a talker. How you let you I'll talk you, bro? Oh. <laughs> how you let How you let you to come into Philadelphia and tell you everything you were gonna say before you say it, and then when you fell into the trap and did the Philly fans thing, you tried to say, "I got more money than you." Dag. That's it. I thought she was a talker, B. <laughs> we heard. That's probably on the biz. I don't know. I don't know, man. And then, the and, and then my man pulled up on you and put hands on you. Hands. hands I guess you hands. needed. I guess you needed the firm in that skybox with you. Mm-hmm. Got you your sixth match of the. Not even going to say the year. This is probably your fourth match of the year. You know, you don't really come outside, but now you're coming outside. We'll see what happens with uh, Will or you to. Yeah, pause uh, on you. It, it's of course all jokes, but yeah, I did think that was funny that uh, you kind of lost that promo exchange against you. <laughs> Max, we'll Max, ta- Max. We'll talk about a lot of that. There's there's a lot of things to talk about today, but uh, let's get into some of these uh, humpers, the super chats, and if you haven't um, participated in those before, I'm going to let you know how to do it. So first off, if you're right here on our YouTube channel, first thing you got to do, leave us a thumbs up. Just right there. I know you're sitting there. See, so leave us a thumbs up. Um, and then that's out the way. But uh, if you want to send us a super chat, and please send us those super chats because they really do help support what we do here. They help keep the lights on at Fightful, and they help just support what we do and uh, and allow us to do uh, as much of it as we can because um, we're not just doing this. We're also doing Ask Grapsity every, um, every other Thursday. And notice I keep putting uh, emphasis on the K when I say Ask Grapsity because apparently people think I'm saying Ask Grapsity when uh, I, I say it too fast. Because, ask Grapsity? Yeah, it's, and it's like, we'll do Ask Grapsity one day. But uh, for now, this is <laughs> this What is does that Grapsody. actually entail? I, I don't know. Grapsody. We just talk about booty all day. I don't know. But this is, the, but we have Ask Grapsity every uh, every other Thursday, and we did. Damn, you can't get week. out. They trying to say ass. I'm sure axe is also a thing. They yeah, axe gravity that'll axe work too. Gravity. I mean, you know, yep. whatever it is. Yeah, either however way, you need to get there. Either way, anyway, we need to get there. Um, but there's also uh, so yeah, you can li- leave us the super chats. Uh, that's at YouTube.com, and then if you want to leave us humper chats and humper chats, of course, um help support us a little bit better because they don't take as big of a cut as youtube and you can leave those at any point you can leave those uh hours before the show you can leave them after the show we'll get to them uh so that way uh if you're not watching live you can still get your words in and so we like the humper chats uh and we got this humper chat for example this one came seven hours ago um 
What was I doing seven hours ago? Sleeping. But regardless, this came seven hours ago. This one is from Bill. It says, I know you gents are all swerve boys, but what would it take for the three of you to wear Scissor Me Daddy t-shirts on the stream? Are you kidding me? I love the acclaim. Um, I would absolutely. I bought, look, Denise Alcedo's walking around in a uh, Scissor Me Daddy ass shirt. I bought that for her. And I bought that because if anybody recalls the post-Raw show we did a couple months ago, uh, she was all, oh, I don't get it. I don't like Scissor Me Daddy ass. It's not funny, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And now she's all like, oh, Scissor Me Daddy ass. I love it. The evolution of humans. I, you can watch the the mind transform over time, opinions erode. For example, I used to think Maximum Male Models was funny. I realized after about two weeks that that was a one-trick pony, and it's dead. Uh, but you, you the didn't, first... <laughs> you didn't like I, this last night? That one you I think? mean, look, it was mildly funny, actually. But no. uh, <laughs> I, I thought it was all right. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> Uh, so yeah, we, I, I don't know. Uh, as I'm far as the show, I'm swerve. I'm swerve. I can't, I would never do that <laughs> to my homie on a TV show here like Rhapsody. So I could never, no, I'm just kidding. I would totally wear it, but only on this show for that show would never wear it outside. <laughs> I would do it at least once. You think I could no, I'll tell you where I would Oakland, do it. California, that shirt in Oakland, California, you guys, I come on. I will tell you what. I mean, the actually, one place I could I... definitely 100%. That if anywhere, Oakland, California is where I could wear it. That's why I'm not going to wear it yeah. outside. So my wife is, uh, she hates it. She hates that phrase. She hates the whole thing. And uh, it's not funny. It's, um, it, she just cannot stand it, right? So that's the only reason I haven't bought the shirt for myself. Because I know I'm probably like sleeping on the couch if I walk around in that shirt. Um, I don't know, if it's but at the it. same time, there's a little piece of me that like not only wants to do it, but like if I'm ever feeling petty, like in hanging around like my in-laws, to just like wear it and just wait for the uh, the big ask. Oh, I need to wear it to a family reunion or something. That'd be great. <laughs> no, I wouldn't do that. But uh, oddly enough, though, I, I I love the acclaimed. Everybody loves the. Acclaimed. Yeah, no, Everybody we definitely love the acclaimed. acclaimed. That's the thing. Yeah, his no, uh, and honestly, raps last night were uh, his all his bars hit last night. He yeah. zoned in. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm a big fan of the acclaim though, and um, I will say that from a personal standpoint, any wrestler who's ever been like good to my kids uh, always gets extra points from me. And uh, on two occasions, Anthony Bowens has really taken the time to to bring wrestling to life for my son and, and Max Caster has as well. So, and they're um, two black wrestlers at the end of the day. Like I'm going yeah, to support, support them no matter what. It's <laughs> amazing. They're great. Yes. Uh, yeah. Shout so, out to, to Bowens, by the way, getting covered by USA Today. That's yeah, wild. that was big, big deal. Well, big not deal. the Today Show, not USA Today. Yeah, yeah, Station. big yeah. deal. I, I big saw deal. it, but um, which is interesting because isn't Today Show, that's NBC, right? Mm-hmm. Think so? Yeah, because I think ABC is like Good Morning America. Maybe. Yeah, it's uh the the reason I say that, of course, is the their 
owned by Comcast, who's been in bed Mm -hmm. with uh, WWE. It's it's all interesting how much things intertwine like Mm -hmm. that, because at the end of the day, you should just be covering whatever makes sense to cover. Uh, Because I know people were worried about the TMZ relationship. I was worried about it. Um, And that Fox bought TMZ. And TMZ Mm. did, like, immediately drop, like, the Max Caster raps and all of that. And having, like, regular AEW features. But there's some stuff you just can't avoid. And when Mm. it happens, you still got to talk about it. But now, being so intertwined with Fox. uh, Because that's the thing is, TMZ, up until a year ago, was owned by Warner Brothers. And now they are owned by Fox, so their interests have shifted. Right. That's part of the reason why I still feel like ultimately news organizations should be kept independent. And uh, I know that from a journalistic standpoint, for the most part, they do operate independently. And usually they'll disclose little things like they'll report on Coca-Cola and then say, uh, before we get into this, uh, Coca-Cola is a um, participating sponsor in this program, all of those things like that. But I just feel like the moment you start to, uh, the corporate interests start to even become questionable, that's when like the news in itself uh, runs into issues. And so I, I've always had a problem with news being not independently operated because at some point they do have to answer to their owners. And that's a big right. problem if they can't report on them. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. that's, that's Will getting on his soapbox a little bit. Uh, hey, Jennifer, with her weekly love and support, says, thank you for sharing what you choose to share with us. It resonates. Take care of yourselves, gents. We got you. Thank you, Jennifer. Been a supporter through our entire run at this point. Yeah. We appreciate you every week. Show them up for the guys. Um, and I'll say that uh, I recognize it's probably been an issue with, I don't know if it's an issue, it's just me. But uh, as I said earlier, 17-year podcaster, the people who have been listening to me a long time, you know who you are, know this most about me. Will Washington will never be a gimmick in the sense that I am an open book on my podcast, for better or worse. There's some people who, listening a long time, know some real spicy details about me. But at the end of the day, I'm always just going to be me. I'm always just going to share. I wear myself on my sleeves. Um, I just am 24 hours a day. And on these podcasts, it's the same deal. You're going to know a lot about me in the process of knowing my wrestling opinions. That's just who I am and how I operate. And thank you for uh, letting me do that because it means a great deal. That's what's um, And hey, so D-Lo. What's up, D-Lo? We always love D-Lo Diggs. Yeah, shout out to D-Lo. Shout out D-Lo. To D-Lo. Saw him at uh, Black Wrestlers Matter during all that weekend. Oh, that's what's nice. up. He says... Uh, Tony, Tony, Tone, Humper Chat for the anniversary. Mm-hmm. Much love. Thank you guys for the amazing community. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate you. Keep killing them. Um, and I love this one. This one's from uh, Life of Deem. 
Life of Deem says... Another one of the homies. Homies are just back-to-back today. <laughs> Life of Deem says, congratulations on your success with Grapsity. You guys talk about everything I love. My favorite rappers, favorite albums, and wrestlers I enjoy watching. I appreciate the platform you've created, and I wish you all to continue to grow and succeed more. Thank, Thank you. you. That's amazing. Thanks, Deem. You, that story that you told me... What was that? Where were we? Um Orlando. Orlando. Yeah, the story that you told me in Orlando still sticks in my brain. That's one of the top memories I've had of this year. So shout out to Dean. Yeah, that was very nice. It was a very nice mm-hmm. experience. And uh, just watching Reg through that was was a great time. Mm-hmm. Uh, RH says, happy anniversary to the podcasting trios champions, Grapsity. Reg, Phil, and Will, you cats have brought so much joy to my life and others. Thanks. Thank you, RH. Thank you. All right. Ryan Ben six 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 says Cal California media man and paywall Phil thank you for a great year and the scary thing is Grapsity is only just hitting their stride big up. Awesome. we are absolutely yeah. just getting our start big facts uh, by the way and and our thank yous I didn't say thank you to the homies at the Public Enemy podcast because they had us on early yeah, on before yeah. we even started um, still have to have those guys on our podcast uh, definitely they're dope uh, shout out to One Nation as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I was laughing because Rich said there's a lot of overlap between their listeners and our listeners. And I definitely have realized that there are people that listen to their podcast that come over to their our podcast because they shout us out. So right. big shout out to Rich, man. Shout out yeah. to them. Shout, shout out, out to Rich. Rich. I love Rich. Yeah. Uh, Dante says, happy anniversary. Now all we need is Mariah to drop that secret grunge album she made and will be gold. It's not really what? a, it's not like, really a tell secret. Tell me a little bit about this. I've never heard okay. about this. Okay, so yeah, this this really happened. So um, there was a 90s grunge band called Chick, and mm-hmm. they had two singles. Um, well, they weren't all that successful. Uh, but as it turned out, Chick was actually... Um, a side project Mariah Carey had done. And she wrote all the songs for the album. She wrote the singles, all of that. And then I guess the label, according to Mariah's book, which is somewhere around here, um, but but the label had told her, ooh, no, this is probably not good for your image um, because you're putting out one image and then all of a sudden you're gonna go in a completely different direction. Uh, Labels are so annoying. <laughs> right. It's so. Um, like anything, it was Mariah. Anything is going to hit, dude. What are you guys talking about? People are going to love that shit. When she's transformed to Mimi, people love all that. What are you yeah. guys talking she, about? She put out an album. I mean, so the album was called Someone's Ugly Daughter. It came out in 1995. And yeah, Mariah revealed in her book that she wrote all of that. And then uh, when Sony had kind of downed on the project, and she had recorded everything. Um, she had hired uh, her friend Clarissa Dane to re-record all the vocals. They left Mariah's backup vocals on it, but they, she recorded all, re-recorded all the vocals. She became the new lead singer. Clarissa did. She was the one in the videos and all of that. And nobody thought about Chick after that. Like they, it was a flop. Nobody thought about it. It was gone. Finito. And then when she revealed that in her book. Uh, you can almost pinpoint it. If you go look at like the chick videos on YouTube, uh, the views were like super low up until her book dropped and all of a sudden they spike all up high. You look at all the comments and they're like here after reading the Mariah Carey book and finding out that this was her project. So the big reveal a couple of days ago is that Mariah revealed that she still has her version of the album. Oh. And that 
she is going to put that out. What she recorded in 95, her grunge album. And that's what it was, her secret grunge album. Uh, The songs exist. If you've ever heard Chick, Someone's Ugly Daughter, I've only heard the two singles off of it, and I only heard them after I knew it was Mariah. But uh, if you know... But they exist. They, those songs have always existed. So it's not really like a secret so album. It's not songs you've never heard. About, is she singing in like a different voice or is it like... Sure I mean, it's grungy. If you go listen to the songs, they sound like grunge music from the 90s. I'm it in. sounds... Yeah. I want to hear a Mariah Grunge album. That sounds amazing. I mean, I got my red flannel on. I'm already lit for it. Well, yeah, so. it, it, it definitely doesn't even sound like anything Mariah would have done. That's why nobody tied it to her for 25 years. And then all of a sudden... In her book where she's like, oh, yeah, 25 years ago, I wrote that album and uh, yeah. originally was a singer on it. Whatever. <laughs> so so it's it's not like Japanese cartoon where Lupe tried to tell us that, hey, it's this uh, punk rock group that I have nothing to do with. And you listen to the vocals and I'm like, Lupe, this is you doing the English <laughs> accent. Stop playing with me. Like, I know your voice. This I is your voice. It. I hear it, Lupe. <laughs> I'm, I'm curious what it sounds like. I, I, I want to know what the voice sounds like from Mariah. Because now I listen to the songs. I'm like, oh, you can tell that's her on the backup vocals. But I want to know what it sounds like with her on the main vocals. And that'll be really interesting. Someone's Ugly Daughter, album by Chick, released in 1995. Again, uh, who the hell knew that until her book where she revealed, yeah, this was like my thing. That's tough. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, it, you that's the thing is like Mariah and Sony were, they had a contentious relationship musically, really. And it came to a head with the song Breakdown featuring Bone Thugs and Harmony, which is one of my favorite songs of hers, because the label liked Mariah to release songs for white audiences and black audiences. They always liked for her to whatever song she was releasing, if she's going to do it for a black audience, make sure she had a white version of it. And it was like Honey, right? Like Honey was recorded with Puff and Mace, but the one that played on like MTV um, was the the album version that didn't contain the Lox's verse or Mace's, though it still had him talking about Harlem World, We Won't Stop. Mm-hmm. But... uh eventually they were like when she wanted to push breakdown as a single they're like yeah you can do that but like you got to come up with a version that doesn't have you know the the rapper guys on it and she's like no that's the, the song guys. yeah it's like that's the song it's it's me and bone thugs and harmony and like that that's okay but like you know you got to have a version without them and she's like no i can't the, the, you can't do this song without bone thugs and harmony it doesn't work that's the the sound that we made here and they're like well then we don't want it as a single and she's like well i'm pushing it as a single and she pushed it anyway and it really only got play on bet um and it really didn't get much radio play at all and she was frustrated with the label and their lack of ability to get behind the song because uh they they tried to do the the early mariah carey thing and then eventually she was like no fuck you guys i'm just gonna do what i'm gonna do and she stopped doing that with her songs and like when heartbreaker came out it was just jay-z you were not gonna get a version of heartbreaker without jay-z song don't work without jay-z no way not getting it and that's who she was going forward where she's like look i'm an arm (laughs) you're getting hove in that tub with that black guy (laughs) (laughs) no doubt about it yes Yep, I, I'm so glad you brought that up. Hove in the tub, yeah, with the black eye and the uh, the champagne. It's great stuff. Uh, Roll Martyr, Martyr X says, Much love to Grapsity Boys. Possible new Grapsity merch on the horizon? We got to get some new stuff made. Yeah, definitely. I have been working on
This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Something happened. Oh, okay. But I've been working on something. Oh, let's go. Yeah. Grab Steve Boys. Chicago made Phil over here. Speaking of which, Chi-Town Spurs says, Happy anniversary, guys. The real Chicago Phil cooking MJF more than the man from Lockport. <laughs> um, yeah, you guys calling him Lockport Phil is hilarious. Um, if people don't know, that's uh, that's where Punk went to high school. Um, <laughs> and so people like going on his Wikipedia, I'm assuming, and pulling Lockport out of nowhere. It's hilarious. Um, yeah, I... I don't know. I just. Think, I mean, uh, how far is Lockport from like Maine, Chicago? I guess it's not close. It's <laughs> not close, but it could be. I don't know. Because like, gonna, if I, I question his 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 nobility in the Chicago, yeah, that's crazy. Because like, if somebody asks me, I will say like, "Oh, I'm from Denver," but like, I mean, it takes me like 20 minutes to get to Denver, but uh, it's it's. Better than having to then explain where Aurora is in relation to Denver. Right. I mean, that's just the thing. I mean, if you live in Cicero, you're not going to say I'm from Cicero. You're going to say I'm from Chicago. Um, mm-hmm. That's what it is. Yeah. So I guess that's all I'm saying is like, is it a huge deal or is it like a semantics kind of thing? I, I have never been to Lockport. Um, Lockport oh, okay. doesn't sound like a pro- place where I belong, and so I've never been there. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Uh, bored dude through oh six thirty. I was about to say is that Duda, but because the D is capitalized, but it's bored dude. Is okay. that Duda? <laughs> six thirty says shout out to the Mariah Carey man, the cool Phil from Chicago, with the same birthday as me and the righteous one. Uh, who, how could you have enough words? Um, shout out. Always a blessing for Saturday mornings and occasional Sunday service. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, yeah. And, and Heather says, love this one. Um, just says a simple, I finally get to watch Grab City Live. I love y'all. Reg, I just subscribed to High Spots. What are your favorite PWG matches? Oh, yes. They are. There's a lot. It's PWG. I saw some of them that I've been like my favorite 
live wrestling moment ever at PWG is the return of Super Dragon. And that was a match with Super the, Dragon. Yeah, yeah. Young Bucks against Kevin Steen. And who was Steen's partner? Was it a handicap match? Because Super Dragon came to save him. His partner was gone. Uh, Watch Tremendous 3 for the ladder match. They just released. I don't know if they just re-released that uh, Battle Battle of Los Angeles 2014, which is one of the craziest shows ever because AJ Styles had the IWGP championship inside of Reseda. We were all just like, can't believe like the history behind that belt, which we could transition to. Yeah, yeah. We could transition a little bit after this with the (laughs) IWGP thing. He had the history of the IWGP championship just in Reseda, and we're all just like, wow, look at that belt. And it's AJ Styles and all this. But then it's funny because they, I've been to so many wrestling things, like these things escape my brain. But I remember from that show, Kenny Omega versus Will Ospreay because people want that match. I'm like, oh, I've seen that match before, but it also had a, <laughs> it also had a Kenny Omega versus Speedball Mike Bailey match that I just have wow. zero recollection of. I just cannot remember that in my brain. So I'm gonna have to go back and rewatch that. Just run down the line of PWG. Anything you can find, you could go way back in the day. Super Dragon and uh, Scorpio Sky. You can keep it newer than that there's a lot of great things that rich swan and uh ricochet were doing together watch any young bucks match ever um it's pwg it's the it's Rosita, the greatest of all time pwg young boy roh young boy you know what's up mr bob dabalina says uh congratulations guys um which, why would you want to be Mr. Bob Dabalina? Like, literally, the whole song is talking shit on Bob Dabalina. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it says, legit, my only two wrestling pods are Dad and Grapsity. Love to celebrate black excellence. Thank you so much. I actually really appreciate, appreciate that. Um, Big Will Washington fan. That's what's up. <laughs> uh, Van Twinblade says, Max got rolled like that little robot. Philly don't play. Philly. Nah, man, Philly absolutely don't play, mm-hmm. man. If you put a beat on, no nah, man, they absolutely don't play out in Philly for real. <laughs> put a beat on. Christopher says, <laughs> "Should beat. Jamie Hader be one to defeat Jade Cargill?" It'd be a choice. I think that. Um, It'd be a choice. Uh, no, I mean, I'll say this. I think <laughs> that um, Jamie Hader is. Uh, I feel like she is the first truly organically over female that the AEW women's division has had where the fans are choosing her it wasn't necessarily somebody that the company had chosen and now they have the opportunity to run with it there hasn't really been anything like that in the women's division and uh somebody wrote into um today after dynamite this past week and sorry if i forgot who said it but uh they say could they be oh no that was to um ask rhapsody wasn't it yes it was uh, about sorry, I do the both shows the same day, uh, so I do them within an hour of each other. So, right. uh, but it was asking about um, whether or not she could be the next Becky Lynch. That's what it was, right? Yeah, and that yeah, that was Ask Rhapsody. Yeah. Um, so I still remember where it was because I was like, who did I have the conversation with? It was you guys. It wasn't with Professor did, Nick did, Harrison. Did you see that uh, Willow sign last night? Uh, yes, I did. Oh my God, the revolution is happening. Uh, that. It, it's spreading like wildfire. Everybody wants to see Willow be the one to beat Jade Cargill. As a matter of fact, not only do I want to see that be the case of where, where it finally happens, I don't think she should get her actual All Elite graphic until, until then. Now, 
she is under some kind of deal with AEW. They're releasing yeah. merch of hers that has the AEW logo on it. And I can tell you that they typically don't do that with people who aren't under a contract. Right. Um, so she's already under some kind of deal. Uh, I think with not- Jamie Hayter, um, the issue that they have is her trajectory is to defeat Tony Storm. And the problem is, is that Thunder Rosa is the champion. So it's like, there's like, they're going to have to do something. Her and Tony Storm have been going back and forth ever since Tony Storm's gotten to the company. Like they've mm-hmm. been building towards this. And so if she beats uh, Tony Storm, then she has to beat Thunder Rosa too. So I don't know. I don't know. But I yeah, know. Will, it, Willow it, it, should I mean, be winning thing, over there maybe against Jade. The, so. They've been doing interim champions pretty much all year. Uh, mm-hmm. It actually started at the beginning of the year. And we've seen interim champions across multiple belts. Uh, but the one thing they haven't done is change an interim belt yet. Like, right. we haven't really addressed what happens in that case of somebody defeats the interim champion. and But the lineal champion is still the champion. What do we mm-hmm. do? Um, the hard thing is, and I feel really bad because, uh, you know, Sonda Rosa, right? But, like, they've kind of moved full speed ahead without her. That's the um, thing. <laughs> and like, yeah, I feel like uh, Jamie Hader, or not, not Jamie Hader. I feel like Tony Storm is already having kind of the run that people have been asking for from the women's division. Yeah. The run where somebody is consistently on TV and getting decisive wins and looking good and strong. She's having that run right now. And uh, she's not even the lineal champion right now. So, yeah, um, that's I tough. Mean, so something's going on with Willow because she was in that segment. So, yeah. Right. Uh, and I got the question again. Thank you, Bianca, asking, uh, Will, what do you think about of the news of Mariah Carey, Secret Grunge album possibly getting released? Keep up the work, you guys. I just answered all that. But I think it'll be fun. I'm excited for it. It's going to be super fun. I'm excited for it, and I'm not a uh, Mariah Carey super fan. I just think that's dope, and I love grunge, so I'm into yeah. it. Uh, let's see. Tina Key says, happy one year to Grapsity. Much love, guys. Uh, Demolition Worm says, happy anniversary. Thanks for being my favorite wrestling podcast and introducing me to West Side Gun. Mm. Uh, any chance getting him on the podcast soon? Do, 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 do. Yeah. Um, so um, it's up there for me. Like, I, that's, there's nothing that in the world that I want more. I'm going to continue to try to make it happen. I think I might have some lanes to get in there but uh we're working on it yeah yeah uh, oddly enough there's a, yeah there's we actually do have some great lanes like i'm saying general, we might so. yeah, yeah we might be able to let's see yeah speaking of which um i know my my quality probably just dipped a little bit uh i did want to address the fact that yesterday i tweeted um about uh so there was a story in the observer Headlines. Yeah. So there was a story in the Observer about um, Swerve and Keith Lee possibly feuding with uh, Wardlow and Samoa Joe. And I tweeted that that wasn't true. And because um, it's not. But I will say that when I do things like that, I don't mean that to like down on Dave Meltzer or. Right. Uh, or anybody. Yeah, or case. anybody in that mm-hmm. case. This is just, um, I saw incorrect information. I had the correct information. And so I ran with it. And Dave put out uh, an, a, a correction. He did say that um, he 
uh, got some misinformation or I guess misunderstood what he um, had gotten on that. But yeah, because I know when I said that, you know, I got a bunch of people who were like, yeah, fuck Dave Meltzer. And I'm like, that's not what I'm trying to do here. <laughs> that's not what wow. this is. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, that's not what Whoa. this is. <laughs> like, that's how it always goes, right? And then yeah. somebody was like, so you're saying, uh, and I saw somebody say to me, they were like, uh, so are you saying that um, the Wrestling Observer Newsletter lied? And I was like, I don't like to use the word lie because I feel like lying requires intent. And right. I don't feel like there was intent there. So I am not one to just call somebody a liar who's not intending to deceive or um, there's no malintent. With like it. that's so, yeah, that's not like really can't consider that lying. Yeah, that's not really I, what that was. Also, it's crazy on both sides. So the funny thing about this, I didn't notice any of this. Um, the funniest thing I noticed with Meltzer, first of all, the fact that he had the profile pictures just still just it's, throws me I can't, off. It's jarring. I, I, just can't, I can't get it. it. I can't get to um, it. <laughs> but uh, Denise posts like her, uh, like she's been with uh, the Observer for two years and she had all mm -hmm. of her pictures. Um, and that picture with Dave standing in the middle and it looks like Dave doesn't know what to do with his hands. So he just like kind of has them out and like flexed and balled up in the fist. I'm like, Dave, what are you doing? <laughs> I, because never I'm knows stupid, I, I, I laughed at this picture for a good five minutes. I was like, what is this man doing? <laughs> He's like, there's not a pencil or a computer in my hand. I don't know how to use them when I'm I, stepping up. All enough for all the times I've met Dave. I only have one picture with Dave, and it was a pandemic era picture, so we're both in masks, and like posting that now is like, I don't know. It, like even looking at him, like, can you even tell who these two people are? Mm -hmm. Why? Why are these two people in masks just like posing together? Um, so, I don't know. Uh, but no, uh, that wasn't. We don't hate. Masks. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't hate on uh, most anybody unless they're like a fucking asshole. Some people but, are um, intent. What well, we're talking about the line thing. Some of these people out here are just straight it's, up lying. It's, it's absolutely <laughs> some liars out here. It's some yeah. big time liars. There's some people who are absolutely intending on doing so, but uh, mm -hmm. that wasn't what I got from that. I got that as a misunderstanding of information. I think he saw that Swerve and Keith and Wardlow and Samoa Joe were supposed to be on the show and weren't and that there were plans for them all and thought that the plans for them all meant that there were plans for them all together, right. not individually. And that's really what it was. Because um, mm -hmm. there, there were. That was really what it came down to um, with this past week's Dynamite, that there was supposed to be some uh, sort of content on the show. Although, shout out to still getting the... Um, rolling loud footage on rampage last night that was dope. Uh, yeah that was still yeah. really cool to get to see that but yeah they were intending on using swerve and keith on the show as a follow-up to them losing the titles and we'll just it's all just going to be pushed a week and that's okay uh and then yeah well, they showed that on a wrestling show i love <laughs> my life that rolling loud footage like that's we shouldn't be seeing that on a wrestling program, quote unquote. We totally should. I'm just so happy I, that I definitely we got, exist in this space, man. I definitely got people when I was saying that's a nice full circle moment for sure. I got someone trying to say they stole WWE's idea, and I'm like, get the oh, go nah, away, yeah, <laughs> man. Like, uh, I mean, that's that's not. Um... And and actually, I do want to address what Heather's asking here because she just followed up on. On this, I am going to take this question because I do want to answer it. Even though this is more of an Ask Rhapsody question, but that's okay. Uh, and she asks, 
Will, speaking of the Dave correction, and you certainly don't need to answer this if it's uncomfortable, do you ever get annoyed by people discounting your journalistic skills uh, as just being Swerve's cousin? Funny thing is, I didn't get that from Swerve. You know that. You guys mm-hmm. know that. I didn't get any of that from him. Um, but I will never consider myself a journalist. I won't. Um, that's just not what... Uh, I almost call it myself that for a while, but I stopped because not yeah. it, what I do is not journalism. I'm yeah. not like there's a war. I'm going to Iraq with no. Yeah. I'm like interviewing some people and writing about it. That's it. Yeah, like, wouldn't consider myself a journalist. Um, and I, that's not what I went to school for. That's not what my background is in. Um, my background is in communications and video production and audio production. So that's a thing that I will absolutely hang my hat on. Um. But I do do my due diligence, right? Like I do make sure that if I'm going to speak on something, I've asked the right questions to the people that I'm going to speak on, that I'm going to speak about, or at least have any relation to the thing I speak about to make sure that if I am bringing you guys any information that I did my part to get all of the pieces of it that I can. And if I do happen to come across a piece of it that is in conflict with the information that's already out there, then yeah, I am going to put out a correction of the information that's out there and do my best to just give you guys the information I can. I don't consider myself a journalist because this isn't my my full-time job and this isn't a thing that I do on the regular. Just sometimes I do happen to come across information. Somebody on um, Reddit was like, he's not really a journalist or a reporter, but he's more of an insider. And I was like, that's a good way to put it, I guess. Yeah, I'd say that. Uh, <laughs> that's that's the best I can I can the best title I'd be willing to take on any of that. But uh, thank you though, I appreciate that. That no, word just thing. thrown around willy nilly to journalists. That's why I try to say it about me. Like I write in a wrestling magazine and get paid for it, and I don't consider myself a journalist because that's a it's a different thing. Like I'm a writer. I'm this and I'm this, but these people are saying that they're fucking in their journalists because they tweet. And that's just not how yeah. this shit. And, and there are, le- there are legitimate journalists out there. Right? Definitely. Um, yeah. And uh, I'll say this when CM Punk said who in this room fancies themselves a journalist, my hand stayed down mm-hmm. uh, because I was like, Nope. I nah, <laughs> mm-hmm. nah, that was definitely one of those. Uh, that was definitely one of those uh, moments of uh, seeing Gozer and going, oh, do you consider yourself a guy? And I was just like, no, no, no. You got to It's a trick when question. Someone, when someone asks, are you a journalist? You say yes. Which, by the way, for anybody who saw um, Ghostbusters uh, Afterlife last year, that was like the biggest markout moment in the theater was uh, when... Ray gets asked, are you a god? And everybody looks at him and they're like, and he goes, yes. And like the theater lost it because anybody (laughs) who's seen the original Ghostbusters knows that that's how you're supposed to respond. Thank you, Winston. Uh, But anyway, as far as like just being Swerve's cousin, that is how everybody throws it out there. And Mm -hmm. I was getting that when he was in WWE as well. When I had WWE information, people were like, well, you're Swerve's cousin. So um, that's how you know this WWE thing. And I'm like, man... Do you know how well informed NXT people are about what's going on on the main roster? Why would you think I knew that from uh, from Swerve? That's not to say that Swerve doesn't know this kind of stuff, but sometimes like wrestlers are happy to keep themselves in the dark about stuff that goes on behind the scenes. You're like, look, I'm here to show up to work. Uh, so 
As far as I know, from example, I'll say it out loud. Powerhouse Hobbs, he don't give up nothing. No, I don't get. <laughs> I get zero information from him. Nothing at all. He goes. To, I'm like, what about this? He's like, I don't know, bro. I didn't see anything. I'm like, what happened on this day? <laughs> I, I don't know. I was over here. I didn't see. I don't know. I, every single time, it never fails. There's never one time where he was like, hey, no. He's like, nope, didn't see it. I don't know. So, look, these relationships. We have these relationships, but they're not based off like. For information, they're based off like that's my friend. And like, so such a, did you yeah, such a black that? man from Cali thing to do to uh, hey, was you there? No, I was just there. Yeah, bro. I'm, I'm at the hotel, man. I ain't seen none of that. One hundred percent. Nope, didn't see it. There will be times hotel. though, like there will be times where I will ask a wrestler about something just to get a confirmation, and they'll go, "You usually know better than me, so I'm going to trust right. that you actually have this." <laughs> that's a popular so, Will Washington one for like, sure. That that's something that I heard in the last week, <laughs> as I was trying to get a like, confirmation. You tell out. me. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's that's how it goes sometimes. It's it's not always just uh, the wrestlers. Now I get that this was one that um, Swerve was involved until in, immediately everybody was like, mm-hmm. "Oh, well, that's where he must have gotten this." It wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's that's that. Uh, thank you though for the question because I did want to address that because I do get that sometimes. And I see it. He swerves cousin. Swerves cousin said this is sometimes what I. I see that all the time too, and I'm like, okay. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Ferdhausen says happy anniversary. Happy to see Willow two times on AEW in a week's time. Super cool. Um, Yes, I'm La Lucha says happy anniversary to three fellas that make us all feel like family. It's like we're on the block chilling uh, with homies every Saturday. Love y'all. Love this space. Love pro wrestling. Thank you. And congrats again. Thank you. That's awesome. Uh, Thank you. We love hearing that. That's why we started this just so we can be on the stoop shooting some shit, shooting dice and drinking, uh, old English. And never in my life and only (laughs) English. I don't think I'm missing anything. Um, You're not at all. (laughs) Yeah. Everybody I know that drank it at one point was like, nah, no, don't, don't start. Um, I mean, I guess just listening to the music I listen to, like I, I, I don't drink, right? But of mm. course, OE was just a reference in pretty much uh, everything I listened to growing up. Uh, so that I was uh, to, my I don't think Mia's drink of choice all my life. I, gold cans, I randomly see a gold can just in my brain because she was taking those Yuck. tall boys down all the time. OE and uh, Newport, she was just black as hell. Just being black. <laughs> Shout out to my mom. She's been off cigarettes for like, I think, six, seven years now. She was hard nice. on both of those things. She's off of them. So shout out to Mia because that's rough. That's a rough shit to just be throwing back old English and Newports back to back. That's black. <laughs> <laughs> but he's not wrong because like only people I know who drink old English and smoke Newports were all black people. So <laughs> that's... <laughs> That's it. That's all. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Ricardo the Spot Monkey says, congrats on the air. Big love to you guys. And the Glorious One says, do you guys ever see yourselves collaborating with Attitude Era Podcast? I need to see Reg uh, or Swerve in the URL ring. Neither one um, of us want to be in that ring. I'll tell you that right <laughs> now. <laughs> Neither uh-huh. one of us are trying to go battle rap. Yeah, I would love to. I think it's dope that... Uh... DNA has a podcast. I think it's cool that more rappers are interested in talking about wrestling. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I th- that's like when he started doing that podcast, I'm like, how can I get on there? Like immediately. That was the first thought that I thought. So, yeah, uh, definitely. 
Uh, and Alex Luna says, congrats on one year. Started listening while I was in Mexico last year, leading up to Brian Danielson, Hangman. Best wrestling podcast by a mile. I, I just, remember I... my Hangman my hangman shit. I was, I was going you hard. Were, boy, yeah, for a you were. Yeah, you were. Yeah, yeah. Uh, before Punk started going in on my guy. Reg was already up <laughs> Reg on Reg was screen. already. Nah. <laughs> Look, so I, knew, nah. I knew, Phil. I knew. I know. I see what you're saying. <laughs> So I want to talk about the the TV from this week, and that's why it's in the title of this episode, because uh, I thought that Monday Night Raw, and it was really, uh, it wasn't bugging me. I was liking it throughout the show, but I couldn't help but notice how it was paced throughout the show, where Raw in my lifetime has never really been a show that's just like back-to-back-to-back-to-back matches, where um, there's really no break in the match format. Like there were three promos in three hours, which is insane for Raw. And all three promos were tied to matches that either came directly after or the match that followed, or match that came before was followed by um, uh, a promo. But everything was match, 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 match. And I was like, this is formatted like Dynamite. Um, and I knew if I tweeted that, I would get some tribalists in my mentions that are like, oh, you're just saying that because Raw is good now and you can't accept that it's good. So you have to compare it to the other show. (laughs) I know what you guys are going to say. All right. I'm not stupid, but, um, I was like, no, this is just, I've been watching Raw my entire, the, the entire existence of Raw. I'm older than Raw. So, um, I can at least say that I've been watching it since it aired. I think you could probably count on two hands how many episodes of Raw I've Uh, I can't even say that anymore. That used to be true before, like, (laughs) pandemic era Raw. And then I missed a lot of those because I just, I I couldn't. But I'll say Raw in front of a crowd. That's what we'll say. Um, You can probably count on two hands how many episodes I've missed. Uh, I used to know the exact ones I've missed. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now I can't do that anymore. Mm -hmm. But, uh, like, I remember on my birthday one year, I, I definitely missed it. But point being, I've seen a lot of Raw. I've seen Raws that collectively had less than 10 minutes of pro wrestling. And so it is me. definitely a hell. I was at a Raw that's considered one of the worst of all time uh, on cage match. It's one of the lowest rated Raws ever. I'm still mad that I spent money on that. So but I, I started the show with the Raw. <laughs> And oh my, how often my, it was. Mine was way worse. This one had uh Jerry Lawler in the rematch with Michael Cole. Oh, and God. that yeah, was the one with Hornswoggle being revealed as the anonymous GM. Uh, <laughs> Yikes. No, this is like the worst show I've ever been to. Mm-mm. Uh it's it's real bad stuff. Mm-hmm. But just raw as a format this week, it was just interesting that a match would end. And then they just bring up the match graphic and it's like graphic just comes up saying, uh, and now coming up next, we have this match. And my brain immediately went to that's like not a thing we see from all. That's how dynamite Mm -hmm. operates. And that's, that's okay. Uh, but I just thought it was interesting because I have heard from people in WWE. And again, this is due diligence things. I have heard from people in WWE, people who are very close to Hunter who have said Hunter likes dynamite. Like, don't get that twisted. That is a show he watches. That is a show he is well aware of. That's a show he should be well aware of. Because yes. the one thing you don't want to be as a promoter in wrestling right now is somebody who's unaware. You don't want to be trying to poach MJF in 2024 and not be aware of everything he's done. 
that you want to be able to talk to MJF as if like, look, we've seen what you did here in this punk view. We've seen what you did here with Moxley. We saw what you did here. We've seen all of that stuff. And like, how do you know the contract tamper if you haven't seen the show? <laughs> right. Like you, you gotta be talking to these people. <laughs> and like, that's also how you know who's unhappy, right? You could say, look, mm -hmm. you really want to be doing all of that over here. You want to be coming over here, Andrade. Uh, but like, I don't... <laughs> <laughs> yo, by the way, Andrade's trolling lately has been incredible. I, I think it's been amazing. And, oh, and people setting, are going to be shocked when he wins. Next right. setting, setting up the match with that stipulation, knowing all that stuff is just uh -huh. it's really Beautiful. smart. Um, yeah. But, but no, yeah. but like I said, it, he's he's very aware of that show. But I just thought it was interesting this week that like we went in. Knowing what the main event was, knowing mm -hmm. what pretty much the whole card was, except for the only match that wasn't already on the card was from the opener. And I thought Bianca cooked on that show. She yeah. was in, I can't even say rare form because she's usually really good. But mm -hmm. in this particular case, she was just phenomenal this she's week. She's been right? on fire. She was on fire. I thought this whole opening segment was good. Um, I, I'm, uh, if I may say respectfully, Bailey looks the best she's like <laughs> ever great. looked. Uh, Bailey looks amazing, she's and amazing. yeah. Shout out to Bailey. Shout yeah, out. Yeah, uh, we're, mm -hmm. we're now. Uh, I don't know. We're now on Sasha Watch now because uh, what I was saying earlier this year, because I was like, oh, she. I think she's coming back, but now it's like the further you get away, it's like, okay, is she coming back? She's changing the name. Uh, I don't know. I, I I think the Twitter handle thing may have happened a while ago. Because I, I know so that in order to keep your, because um, you can't just change your Twitter handle and keep your your check mark, right. um, your verification, that there's a process to that and that can take a while. And she may have initiated that process before Vince, and mm -hmm. then uh, and it just didn't happen to go fully through until um, that. That's my theory on that because I know that can take a while. Because if you change your handle yeah. while you're verified, you lose your verification. Right. Uh, and then you have to go back through the process. And I think she tried to go through the process of changing it while verified. Um, and it just took a minute. So because it's going to take a while to turn it back to if she ever decides to go back to Sasha Banks WWE. Um, yeah. Um, I So, no, I'm not saying that just changing all of her handles means that she's never coming back. I'm not buying that. I, st I still think there's a possibility that she could come back. Because um, you could just it change does, it back. But it does raise questions because, I mean, she has not done anything wrestling related in so long at this point. Like she everything she posts is now like photo shoots or out at red carpet events. Like she's just like she's almost in Dwayne mode like a few years ago. Like, now nah, y'all can have that over there. I'm, I'm chilling. I don't want nothing to do with that. <laughs> I know. I can't wait for her to be like, hey, Raw fans, MV here. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't. Actually, yeah. please do. That means you get paper. I hope so. Yeah. I hope it happens. Go, go for it, Yo, my ladies. Good. I'm going to talk to you about my brand new movie. It's a romantic comedy starring, uh, I don't know, Michael Ely or something. I don't fucking know. <laughs> Michael Ely. <laughs> Michael Ely. Michael Ely and Sasha Banks. That's it. Well, I see it. I see it. <laughs> 
Like, I was just trying to think of who I would see Sasha Banks star alongside. It's got to be like a, a generation step be under Michael Ealy yeah. that could be in there, man. Yeah. I, I'm telling you, when Michael Ealy showed up on Bel Air, I was like, nah, man. <laughs> Uncle Phil got to get him up out of here, man. I don't trust nothing about this dude around his you wife. Can't trust Michael Ely. This, get Especially this around your wife. Get out of here, bro. You never trust Michael Ely. You cannot trust you him. Especially trust around him. your wife. You cannot nah, trust get Michael this dude Ely. Out of here, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I. I don't know. I that's just what I'm picturing right. Michael now. Ely slander, man. He didn't deserve this. <laughs> no, he's great. I just, yeah, I he's just, great. nah, man. Nah, hey, bringing nah, it back in full circle. Wife. Yeah, it's bringing it back full circle. Uh, he was the love interest in the video "Get Your Number" by Mariah Carey, featuring Jermaine Dupri, mm. off of the album "Emancipation of Mimi." Mimi. So, yeah, my favorite Mariah Carey album. For those who don't, uh, um, anyway, but, though. By uh, the way, we have not. We have not thrown out any of our condolences. Rest in peace, Akubio, yeah. I was like, the are they gonna come? Like, are we waiting for the condolences? I don't want to. There's two we gotta throw out. So two yeah, big yeah. ones. Two, two, so yeah. I was waiting on those, but yeah. Uh, yeah I mean, Coolio, God, man, I, I, my brother, I, I messaged him and he dropped his phone because, mm-hmm. again, you know, the thing I tweeted about about losing all of our favorites from um, from our era in their fifties. Like we're supposed to be watching this generation grow old, and like we're not getting to see that, uh, and that that kind of sucks. Yeah, that's the uh, that's the Gambino line from uh, "We Ain't Them." Man, we can't mm. even make it to fifty. Yeah, no, seriously, but yeah, it's like it's crazy the stranglehold that Coolio had on our culture. I know you can attest to this. Well, I talked about it a little bit on Twitter. When I was, there was a point, I've had dreads or braids my entire life. There was a point where I was Coolio to everybody in the world. Like, you got braids, you have this. There's Coolio, there's Coolio. That was my uh, life. I got, I got crisscross. Um, oh, okay, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> a little bit more light skin after, remember. Yeah, you, you and Michael Ely, that's why you brought him up. You and, yeah, Michael, but, uh, you and Michael Ely. <laughs> there was a time that Coolio was, like, the biggest rapper in the world, essentially. Like, when Gangster's Paradise came out, like, he was everywhere. Most he was people on the know black that station. Entire fresh the, verse, man. That's Come what on. I'm saying. Like black stations, yeah. white stations. You turn on TV. That was the number one song of '95, and I yeah. I tweeted that because that's a significant fact because that's the first ever hip hop track to become the number one of any given year. And then wow. 1995, the number one song of '95 the entire year, Gangsta's Paradise, Coolio, cool, yeah. and that laid the foundation for that to happen multiple other times but it never happened before that like honestly i mean i said this in the tweet i was like 95 was a really good year for black music in general because when mm. you look at those charts 94 93 like 94 it's like one of the whitest songs of all time number one uh hit of 94 was the sign by ace of bass think about the um the shift in american culture for, to go yeah, from 94 yeah, 94 is the sign by Ace of Base, and 95 is Gangsta's Paradise by Coolio. Like, just that one year. Don't get it twisted, shift. though. The sign slaps. Do not get it twisted. <laughs> it, it, Ace it of Base uh, does go does. off. What does uh, Marlon Roy call that? Uh, white and B? Like, or, what <laughs> yeah. For reals. For reals. Yeah. But, yeah, that's just um, the significance right record. there. Like, hip-hop wasn't that until Coolio did it. So, like... Mm-hmm to yeah. lose somebody that did that all the other great things fantastic voyage all the things the eddie soundtrack like coolio yeah, fam, at, 
at oh. one point he was the king it's all of, the way live. soundtrack yeah, record, man. bro. Like, man. He was. See you man. when you high? get there? Hit see, him high. I, yeah, I, I haven't been able to even there. think about see you when you get there since he died. I'm like, I could, I, if I listen, to I that posted song, it I immediately God, after man, he oh died. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> come on. Yeah, man. no, it was is it, it like Coolio, especially for kids growing up in that time period, because mm-hmm. like. Look, I should not have been in the third grade talking about one, two, three, four, but mm-hmm. all of us all around school were singing something new, right? Like that was the the track for us yep. uh, at that time period. And then all of a sudden, you know, he's doing the theme song to Kenan and Kel, which mm-hmm. was the perfect way for us to like transition. Yes. And yes. how can we forget about Kenan and Kel? One of the greatest <laughs> theme songs of all time, any genre, man. Everybody knows that song. And that's Coolio. Yeah, this is Coolio. Like I, I, rest in peace. Man. Yeah, rest in peace, Coolio. Damn, damn, damn. 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 Hip hop has just been getting our ass kicked when it comes to our legends. Even you know, up and comers like hip hop is just getting destroyed when it comes to if it's not gun violence, it's just being you know older and existing in a black space of we're not supposed to grow old anyways and then on top of that we've been smoking and drinking and touring and eating awful and not checking on our health for so long so it's just bad out here it's a a lot of the the lifestyles we were uh kind of glorifying back then are catching up to a lot of people exactly uh, yeah yeah Yeah. it is quite a shame Mm -hmm. and um I, i want to see Man, because I want to see a generation of of rap artists live to get to do what like Earth, Wind, and Fire got to do, right? Yep. Of like touring into their goddamn seventies and eighties, mm-hmm. and and all that shit. Like that's they're still that's doing it. See. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's that's what I want to see, and I, I I am really sad that that doesn't sound like that's gonna get to be the case for a lot of guys. Fucked yeah. up, man. Rest in peace to Coolio. And then our other condolences on the other side. Talk about we talk about in- hip hop. We talk about hip hop on the show, and we talk about pro wrestling. Yeah, talk and- about big hip hop influence. Now we got to talk about one of the biggest wrestling influences. You want to talk about influence? Like things wouldn't exist if it wasn't for what Antonio Anoki did back in the day. I mean, one of the biggest wrestling companies in the world. He founded it. There would not exist. New Japan Pro Wrestling would not exist if this guy didn't start it. And like, if you want to talk about influence, that's all you have to say. You could just leave it there and you're like, damn, he did that. That's crazy. You don't even have to talk about his career that he had. But on top of that, he was a, one of the craziest, greatest shootingest wrestlers of history. I watched some of his the clips shooting-ish. last night. Him beating uh, great Antonio's Oh, my God. It's just unbelievable what he would do to people. His match with Vader, one of the most infamous German suplex of all time. Like, we thought that this man was done forever, and he came back and beat Vader's ass. This guy had done so many things for the professional wrestling business. Mixed martial arts wouldn't exist in the form of that we know it right now. If it wasn't for what this guy did with Muhammad Ali, like, how could you? You can't even put into words the 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 the... Uh, your favorite Japanese wrestler right now was directly, directly inspired by what this guy did. Just name one. Okada, Tanahashi, uh, Kenta, Shibata. Name any of them. They all were directly influenced by the things that Antonio Inoki did and instilled in them. So rest in peace to an absolute legend who, like, we talk about things that we talk about 
are based off what he created. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think that the MMA part is a big to do because um, MMA in its form in Japan wouldn't be what it was. Um, right. Of course, you wouldn't have things like Anokiaism of him trying to bring MMA to New Japan and almost mm-hmm. ruining the company. Yes. Um, but that also got <laughs> us things like uh, Shinsuke Nakamura. Like Nakamura yep. would not be at that company if he did not try to bring MMA guys in. Um and there's just so many other things that he had an effect on. I mean, even when you look at stuff like the Blackpool Combat Club, that yep. is that is highly influenced by Anoki. Like the entire idea of slapping somebody to imbue <laughs> fighting spirit is from Anoki. Um, yeah. So, yeah, man, just a legend uh, and a big influence. I mean, just somebody said in the, in the chat, we wouldn't have had the only black IWGP heavyweight champion and Bob Sapp if it wasn't Straight for no them. <laughs> there you go. Um, there you go. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, man, the the first IWGP champion, and I guess because Cole said on the commentary, is he now the only recognized Japanese, Japanese WWE champion? Yes. Mm-hmm. Only one. So, yeah, I guess. Yeah, that, that just was shocking last night, too, because at first I just saw the t- somebody tweet about it, and I was like, wait, is he really gone? And then I looked it up, and I was like, wow. All mm-hmm. right. Uh, yeah, it sudden. came. Uh, Yahoo Sports Japan dropped the news, and mm. then it just started spreading really quickly. Um, and that's one of the benefits, I suppose, of the Twitter check mark is that I saw it. Saw it with coming from Yahoo Sports Japan. Um, and it's one of those things, you know, do you ever come across Japanese tweets and like you immediately hit translate tweet just to see what it says. And I saw it come across my tweet retweeted by multiple people and I hit it and I was like, oh no, Damn. as soon as I hit the translate tweet, like that's not the words you want to come out of the translate tweet part. Um, and nah, it was shocking. And I guess like, you know, my whole life he's, he's been an older name, right? Yeah, but right. like. I don't know. It's still not something that I, I guess he just wasn't somebody that I ever pictured being gone. I always think about um, uh, the just his pre- like I, I always think about his, his authoritative presence in, in mm-hmm. New Japan and uh, especially um, in the last couple of decades and like just putting a stop to matches and stuff. That like clip that. with like, Sylvester yeah. Tagai and uh Luke Gallows. Luke Gallows, yeah, and he just like decided to stop the match. Stop it. Bullshit. (laughs) He was mad. Yeah, uh, honestly, just one of the most influential names in the history of professional wrestling and uh, a sad loss for the industry. Yeah. I mean, all the MMA boys, Bobby Fish, uh, Matt Riddle, all these guys exist because of what he brought here. So, like, yeah. Not only in J- Japanese wrestling, American wrestling, Mexican wrestling, all the wrestlings. He's just one of the most influential people ever. It has to be top three of uh, wrestling yeah, ever. Because, yeah. like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so. even when you just look at just what young boys are in, in New Japan and how they right. all have the same black gear, that's basically. The whole system is built yeah. off him. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. amazing. Rest in peace to a, to, a, to a absolute legend. No one will ever be able to recreate what he did so yeah antonio noki coolio it's a crazy week man crazy week matthew plus asked speaking of crazy weeks he says reg what was the outcome of your fire heart 
Oh, everybody here got me a new car. Did I ever say? I was pretty sure I said that on, on this show before, right? I don't yeah. think you ever confirmed. Oh, yeah. No, everybody on that amazing GoFundMe, everybody being super cool. I got a new car. You guys are amazing. Like, I got that shit, like, right after it went into the GoFundMe because I can't afford to not drive. So, again, shout out to everybody for being amazing. This platform here helped me get a brand new car. I appreciate everybody. I'd never be able to 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 say how much it meant to me. So, thank you for everybody. Y'all are amazing. Yeah. Shout out Tony Khan and Cody Rhodes too. Shout out to a couple of the homeboys, TK, <laughs> Cody Rhodes. Yeah, yeah, yes. No, that was amazing. I, I still can't. I still think about him like, what, eleven thousand dollars just for like existing and trying to play my part in this little space that we call professional wrestling. Like, I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, I'm glad you're back up and running. Yeah, that's just the greatest stuff. Mm-hmm. Um. And I'm back up and running, by the way, that my little car mishap from two days ago or when what was that Wednesday? That's been three days mm-hmm. back up and running. Eight hundred dollars later. Got to be a, a super dad day today. You got to have a car to move around. Yeah, because my wife is going downtown for the oddities expo. And so I got oddities? All the debts. WWF yeah. oddities. No, no. <laughs> uh, I, I mean. It's all the shit my wife's into, and that's okay. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's how she talks about you when you go yeah. to wrestling uh, pay-per-views. He's going, yeah, to, I know, you know, right? It's Chicago it's so, again, it's so wrestling, thing, wrestling yeah. thing. Yeah, you know how so it oddities. Is. It's the oddities and curiosities expo, um, and it's you'll find things such as taxidermy and uh, it's creepy what else? over there. Let's see, odd jewelry, skulls and bones. Funeral collectibles, uh, quack medical devices. What's happening? What are you saying right now? Look, I'm I'm telling you, this it's the Oddities Expo. All right, Um, where does Comic Con? The cool thing about cool thing is too. So my best friend is also into all of this stuff, and so they're just gonna go because (laughs) uh, you don't you don't want to see stuffed raccoons and like. I told her bring me ba- back a some- bear skull or something. I was like, bring me back something cool. Bring um, me back something. What is she gonna bring you? Fam, I don't know. Fam, this dude is gonna show up next week with one of those fucking uh, uh, Davy Crockett hats. Like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> not the coon hat with the uh, no, the tail not, the not, not coon hat. No. <laughs> Can't call it that. Isn't that hat. what it's called? The coon hat. I don't think that's what it's called. <laughs> it's the raccoon hat with the tail out the back. It's called a coon skin hat. <laughs> cap. A coon skin cap. Coon I mean, hat. it's close enough. <laughs> no, nah, I think. No, nah, I was going to say something else. I can't say that. Yeah. But. <laughs> oh. Uh. So you know what a coot hat looks like, but yeah, yeah. Um, it's a MAGA hat on a black person. See, was, that's what I was gonna avoid saying. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have to avoid that. Got to let these brothers know. <laughs> wow. Uh, so, uh, Mac, shout out Mac. Mac has been uh, around a really long time, shout and out Mac. yeah, the, when I say that, I mean. Mac, I can't think of the earliest time you called into RBR, but correct me if I'm wrong. Was it 2009? 
and, and Mac was one of our re- weekly callers. I don't know if he still calls into the show. Um, if he does, because uh, they're still running. Um, that's that's great. I remember uh, my old co-host from Now Playing Now, Heidi, told me a story because Mac was working as a uh, bouncer at a club at the time. And uh, so it was like full circle because Mac has supported all my podcasts. And Heidi was uh, just going around New York. She went to a club and he took her ID. And uh, she messaged me. She was like, so weird story but and we had not been doing the show at that point for i want to say seven years at that point we had been done doing the show and she was like so i got stopped at the club and the person working the door at the club recognized me from now playing now back in the day and uh i'm like shut up and then matt called in and revealed it was him and so that was like a really cool full circle story that is cool. um, hey. but yeah been around a long time i always appreciate whenever i see mac uh in the chats and uh in the super chats all of that i really appreciate you mac um eloquent says fantastic voyage is one of my favorite videos of all time such a dope video everybody hopping out the trunk man that's so cool yeah. that's a great video shout out to eloquent too RH says, dead animals and bones, but no scissor me daddy. Okay. <laughs> I know. Where's the line, Corey? <laughs> <laughs> animals and, ain't dead. Nothing to nobody, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Kenneth Love says, the coon hat. Not <laughs> <laughs> that what is what, what it's called. Yeah, I don't know. Come on for me. Um. Yeah. And then we got a bunch of Humber chats I'm going to get to here shortly. Thank you uh, to everybody who's sending Humber chats. We'll get to those. But I'm um, going back to Raw for a little bit. Yeah. So what I was talking about was uh, how the show really flowed. Um, but I liked it. I liked it a lot. Uh, I thought that great because that's my type of show. Mm-hmm. That you give me a show with just great wrestling and great matches, and you tell me that I'm going to get to see um, AJ Styles just go out there and kill it with Sami Zayn. You tell me that's a thing I'm going to get to see tonight. It's yeah. just pro wrestling. Yeah, this is cool. You're telling me that I just get to start with Bianca Belair and EO Sky. And uh, one slight negative note I'm really trying. EO Sky is not working for me as a name. Um, and mm. and I, I need to talk to somebody, I guess, who didn't start with EO Shirai and maybe see if it's clicking for them. But I am really trying and it is just not hitting. Uh, I, how do you guys feel about it? Uh, it's it's an inoffensive change. It doesn't yeah, bother me that much. But it's one of those things where I felt like she didn't really need to change it. But if it's one of those things where she wants to still own her name, I'm I all in. It. Yeah, but it, I don't know what would stop her from owning her name. I guess because like plenty of people own their name. Um, CM Punk owns his name, and he owned it through w- his WWE run and all of that. RVD owned Rob Van Dam. Like that happens all the time. Chris Jericho owns Chris Jericho. So I don't know what would have stopped her from using it other than um yeah i don't know um yeah i it's just weird that she used it on nxt and then like like the deals are totally different when you get up there then right Mm -hmm. well yeah but like samoa joe owns the name samoa joe like what i i don't understand why she couldn't and then the other issue i have is i guess it's it's the the problem that um bailey had that first night right where uh she got Dakota. She said Dakota Sky because she got mm-hmm. the names confused. And I just feel like it's it's way too 
close to the name they're bringing up in the chat like aj styles owns his name like there's plenty of people who own their names and so um i don't know maybe i need to ask somebody who didn't have any exposure to eo shirai and see like mm-hmm. this is how's that name for you how does this click for you because i don't know i'm still struggling with it especially when i play 2k22 and eo shirai is still in it and uh it's still as eo shirai you know the most controversial name of the year i'm over it now like i i'm i gunther is his name now like i don't Yo. like the walter people get offended by walter still and i'm like eh, who cares i like, think the only thing that bugs me <laughs> like the only thing that bugs me about it because yeah gunther's fine um the only thing that bugs me is i don't think um gunther flows as well as Walter did as far as like a chantable name. Yeah. And I think you took away some of his uh, connectability with the crowds. Like I just, I can't see a crowd going Gunther, Gunther. Like I don't yeah. feel like it's, it was. It flipped. sounds like they're not in on the joke with him. That sounds yeah, like Yeah, exactly. Fun of it sounds like <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I did not think that's where you were going, by the way, when you were like, I'm trying because I was sitting there watching and like they were doing the White Rabbit stuff. And I was like, this stuff is really cool. I'm sorry. I think I think the mystery stuff is cool. I think, man, that video of the acapella uh, of White Rabbit playing and like all of the camera phones. It's cool. I'm sorry. I think this everything they're doing. So, is, it's is it's really cool. cool. So like I said, the. the the problem I've always had with Bray Wyatt, and I said this last week, ain't never been the presentation. Yeah, it's no, it's great. The ending. It's mm. the fact that when it's time to start feuding with wrestlers, that's when it sucks. It's when it's like, okay, let me actually do stuff in the ring with these people. Let me actually have rivalries. That's when it's no good to me. But if he is just a character on screen, like I didn't mind the Firefly Funhouse at first. It was actually fun and cute, and I was like, where is this going? It's kind of eerie. And then it was like, oh, well, now he's squashing Finn Balor, and I don't like this. Um, <laughs> so but, uh, what I've learned from all this is if they, if Matt's Warner would have came with a QR code to explain, like if there was a secret behind <laughs> oh, Matt Warner no. with the QR code, then this would be okay. Like it'd be like, oh, it's okay. You guys are telling us about him, but you're not telling us about him. It's a mystery. Shoot this QR code. Let's all figure this out. We all know who it is, but we also don't know what it is, but we all know who it is. Let's spend all this time telling you about this guy. You know who it is, but you don't know who it is. Tony Khan, that's all I'm saying. Get a QR code for when you introduce Juice Robinson because they don't get it. But if you would have had a QR QR code, code they would have figured it out. I know you're joking, but like, it's actually not a bad idea. And what I mean by that is like, what if when a new wrestler is introduced, what if there was just like a QR code that came up like on their um, I mean, on their this chi- is not, like, not the worst idea. I kind of yeah, like I on the, what you're saying on their Chiron. What if like when their name came up, a little QR code came up and it just takes you to like road two and you just get to see like, hey, here's a little back. That's actually not bad, right? Huh. <laughs> like people clearly like to be guided by QR codes. What if you did, if you want to see a little bit more and you need a little bit of an explanation for this, just bring up a little QR code in the corner like, hey, watch this episode of Road 2 real quick. We'll give you everything you need and you're you're good to go on this show. It's actually not bad. You know what I would love to do is I would have love to appear on people's uh, podcast and and it has like a QR code next to me and people think it's going to go to this cool thing and they open it and it's like, oh, hey, 
and it's just quiet for like the next 20 <laughs> seconds. It makes people feel like they wasted their time. Or if, <laughs> can't waste people's time. Or, or if they come on like something and like it's one of those things where I am agitated and it's just a QR code next to me and it goes to something that's just like me just saying, shut up. And then it's sitting there for like a, a good 10 seconds. And it's like, no, seriously, shut up. I want my- <laughs> no, I, honestly, I want somebody to bring the, the QR code to Dynamo. I figure it's going to happen, but somebody's going to bring one. And it just look, it's just like a Rick roll or something. Mm-hmm. But I figure that's what's coming. QR code, it- baby. <laughs> uh, but man, look, I think all of this stuff is, is great. I think it's, I think it's cool. I think it's a good way to play off of uh, Bray Wyatt's appeal. Um, I know that people are going to be down on it because, again, when he the the last time we saw him, some of the stuff was not good. The Alexa stuff was trash. Um, but I do think that there is cool stuff he can do when he comes back. It's it, by the looks of it, all the stuff they're referencing it, it looks like it's from Cult Leader Bray. So maybe Cult Leader Bray is coming back. Mm-hmm. I don't. I mean, no matter what, I think he's doing something new. So we'll, um, I mean, we'll say, but the way I'm, I'm interested, I'm interested in whatever he does next. Yeah. And shout out fightfulselect.com for reporting that we get the big reveal at extreme rules next Saturday. I mean, I assumed I, I, I pretty much figured they were going to use it to sell a pay-per-view. Uh, they've been showing the lantern in the background of the posters. I yeah. like this booking method because Vince would show it on the raw after extreme rules. It's like, why do you build like this? I, I love the direction that they're going. Everything is making sense. Everything is connecting together. Nothing's unbelievably dumb. So yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. I, I I think a lot of the clues are very intricate. I think um I think one of the things People are makes... breaking them down, boy. Yes. <laughs> I know. I, I just imagine being the person who puts these clues together who's like, Oh, let me make sure to modify the HTML code to put the lyrics to uh Alistair Black's theme in here and then make sure to close tag. And the only way you can find that is if you're smart enough to open the page and hit control U to bring mm-hmm. up the uh the HTML behind the page. And like I that's how my brain works because like that's how I was with like saw movies where you know there's like all these elaborate traps and I'm like who just sat around like <laughs> making sure to set up and like oh let's make sure that if he grabs this book here then his knife is just going to come down and and stab him a programmer but... <laughs> like who know. went through all of this Pro- trouble it's to program humor it's them damn programmers like it's and, and I'm a programmer I think that's business. why <laughs> I think that's why my brain works this way is because I am a programmer and I forgot. Uh, it's funny because that was how I was introduced uh, by Fightful when I uh, when our all of our backgrounds were given about the announcements of Grapsity. And you know, you guys, you were mentioned as a as Righteous Reg was a writer and a rapper, and Phil writer, and um, and then Will a software developer. And I'm like, oh yeah, we did put that out there. And people <laughs> were like, do you still software develop? I'm like, yeah, that's actually what I still do uh, for a living. I'm uh an automation developer now but mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> uh yeah. but uh, either way that's just how i operate that said still want to get into raw the other yes. things from raw the other the, the other big things i want to talk about from raw um like i said i thought bianca and eo had a great match out there the thing that disappointed me with this raw more than anything was the crowd um that uh i feel like both the philly crowd and the uh where were they this week was that edmonton canada yeah i think it was edmonton okay yeah. uh correct me if i'm wrong chat um 
Wasn't but, they were in Winnipeg last night, right? Yeah, I think it was Edmonton. Yeah. Okay. Uh, was that, I feel like neither crowd was prepared for the show they got. And um, that is, and what I mean is like, I think the Raw crowd, because that was a massive Raw crowd. They had 12,000 people there who just kind of sat on their hands through these matches. Right. And I feel like that's 12,000 people who were, uh, you know, it's like, we didn't come here for matches. This is Monday Night Raw. It's we came raw. here for, for, for promos and angles and things like that. Uh, you we just gave moments. us, yeah, mm-hmm. you came, you we spent all this money on wrestling. And mm-hmm. on the other side of it, I felt like the Philly crowd wasn't all that great for Dynamite. And it was like, well, we spent money on Dynamite. We right. came here for a whole bunch of pro wrestling. And, you know, we got in-ring not, promos. Yeah, we got in-ring promos. Mm-hmm. And I we felt got, like the show's... We got, a, <laughs> we got a very strange women's segment that mm-hmm. I don't know what to make of. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I'll talk about Dynamite there in a second. That's the only other mm-hmm. things I want to talk about from Raw. Um, were, again, like I said, just the pacing of it. Mm-hmm. Not going to lie. I would love to see that from Raw some more. I know yeah. that uh, the Hunter haters, the double H's, I guess, uh, or the quadruple H's, depending on how you want to look at that, um, they are very much against this. They are hating to see that their raw is not the raw that they've loved all these years that the deeper we get into Monday night raw, the, uh, the less we're seeing the deeper we're getting into the Hunter era, the less we're seeing of that old era. And I'm like, give me this every thank week, god man. i've been waiting for yeah. so long and i've yeah, been show, waiting i'm saying geez, this show boy, fucking yeah. cooks like yeah get, sorry get, get rid of all of the, get get rid of all of it get rid of shoosh i'm sorry uh, oh, bring please. back la night get it out of here bro <laughs> yeah um nah i'm i'm not complaining about anything that's being gone uh and oh yeah i i did tweet so, you know, I've been doing those Dear Triple H tweets for the last, uh, like, three months. And oddly enough, each one I've tweeted thus far has, like, kind of happened. Only one that hasn't happened yet was I said, bring numbers back to WrestleMania. But who knows? We're not at WrestleMania season yet. I swear, mm-hmm. if it says WrestleMania 39 this year, I, I'm i going to celebrate. Because first thing I tweeted, I was like, uh, Dear Triple H, just don't even bring up the 24-7 title. Don't address it. Like, literally, it, it doesn't need to be addressed. Just, like, throw it away. Just throw it away. Now, granted, they're still doing it at house shows, like, a lot. Like, there's been multiple newly crowned 24-7 champions, but none of it's being acknowledged on the history. On the history, mm. it still literally says Dana Brooke is champion, but mm. she'll, like, lose it 10 times on a house show. And then we come back around to it, and it's like, well, she also got it back. And nobody cares. Uh, But he doesn't have to address it. I was like, Hunter, I said, dear Triple H, please bring back Matt Riddle's first name. Bring back Tommaso Ciampa's first name. Bring back uh, Austin Theory's first name. Got all three back. Let's go. Um, (laughs) Still waiting on this dude drop change. Piper is her name. Yeah. That's her name. Get rid of dude drop. Get out of here. Well, as you can see on Raw this week, we at least got a clear sign that Nikki A.S.H. is on her way back to whatever she was doing before it seems like they're Sanity. dropping the uh almost a super well don't bring back the group but uh <laughs> it is you can't but 
I mean, Triple H kind of liked those guys. Eric Young was re- very recently like, I had a great time there. Triple H might be my friend. And Big Damo, <laughs> I, I can see, I could see him coming back. I, I wouldn't. Yeah, I can see Damo coming back. Yeah. Uh, but I don't, I don't see the other two coming back anytime mm-hmm. soon, at least. Yeah. yeah. But either way, I think she's going to revert back a little bit or at least try something new. But I think they know that mm-hmm. Nikki A.S.H. isn't working. Superhero shit's um, out. Yeah. yeah. That's and out. I mean, they never really gave it a chance, so. Nikki as hell is all as I'll ever see. Yeah, I'm like, I don't, why is why is her name Nikki as hell? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> that actually would be better. She should just start coming out and calling herself Nikki as hell. <laughs> That's her next iteration. I'm into it. Yeah, I love that. No, I think that her. All right, but either way, the thing I tweeted this week was, "Dear Triple H, like get rid of the Velcro belts. Uh, There's." They're whack. I never um, got. Why did they start doing that twelve-year-old uh, so, belt thing? That was so. It weird. started in. T- it started in 2019 with Kofi and Becky right after WrestleMania 35, mm-hmm. um, and I guess the reason behind it was they wanted the champions to be able to quickly be able to um, put the belts on and take them off, fat in a, in a pinch, and like also. That time period, they had a little bit of smaller champions. Kofi um, was definitely a smaller guy. And it was like, well, what if we, you know, and snaps only fit so big of a waist. So it was like, what if we just make it so that it doesn't matter how big somebody's waist is if we just make it Velcro? Yeah. But God, it looks awful. And so bad. Uh, it when looks you bad. Hear it, it and, sounds the worst. And then <laughs> when EO to took the belt off this week and she pulls it down and you just hear. <laughs> And I was like, oh, man, that was whack. And the thing is, you know, WWE doesn't want the Velcro out there. Like, there's a reason why one side of it is Velcro, but the other side still appears to be snaps. Because they still want it to look like snaps. They just want it to function like Velcro. And, like, they don't sell Velcro belts. If you buy them off the shop, they're still snaps because snaps still look better. And uh, Fam, I listen, get it. For- if if I pay seven hundred dollars for a belt and it gets here and it has Velcro on the back, I'm sending that joint back. Like, Big what are you doing? <laughs> Send my buttons, nigga. Yeah, like I don't know. Um, but the thing is, my the, where I was going with this is every single time I tweet something like this, dear Triple H, change this thing. Yeah, change this thing that sucks, right? I get people in my like. There's still Vince defenders out there, and. They end up all in my mentions. Like, no, 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 this is actually great. Um, no, Austin Theory just being Theory is actually great. What? No, no he not. should just be Riddle. No, not. What, what's wrong with Champa? He could just be Champa. What's wrong with that? Like, what? What are we doing here? Um, I got the. Oh, I really like the twenty four seven championship. No, you don't. You do you not. Don't. Uh, and no, the Velcro belts, they're, they're actually great. What are you talking about? They're, they're great for the wrestlers. And I just think like, wow. Like at some point, like, you know, the reason that I say these things is because I do also recognize that, um, I am a. I know, I know how Hunter works. I've watched him enough to know how he operates. And one thing Hunter is really big on is he's a traditionalist. He is a mm. really big traditionalist. He is. Um, and he, I think, in the best of ways, uh, 
wants to celebrate the history of pro wrestling and acknowledge the history of pro wrestling and the way it's been for the longest time. And all of that said, I think that he is, um, I think a lot of things are going to find itself reverting back to kind of yesteryears, uh, as his time goes on, uh, as an owner or He's not gonna owner, try, as the try to do, uh, what Bill Corgan does, but better. Cause like his, his heroes are like Harley race and Ric Flair. Like, you know what I mean? At the end of the day. So he's going to still be doing, he's going to try to do our Broadways. He's going to try to do things that like inspired him as a youngster, but in a new way, that's, that's what separates him as a little bit is he also understands that we love PWG and we love ring of honor and we love these independent stars that can come and do their thing, but he's still going to want to try to stick to what he knew and loved growing up and, you know, impart those things because he's triple h he's a student of the game yeah i brought it around baby yes um and so on the other side of things so raw was really wrestling heavy again we had a great opening promo the only three promos on the show were the opening segment if i remember correctly we had a promo that came out of um the aj styles and uh and Finn Balor, Matt, or not Finn Balor. It was the Finn Balor confronting AJ Styles yeah. promo. And then what was the only other? Oh, Seth Rollins had a promo going into his match with Rey Mysterio. That was it. That was it for in-ring promo segments. And all of it was tied to matches. I enjoyed the hell out of that show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. That, speaking of Vince remnants that Triple H has fixed. Yeah. Matt Riddle is so much better when you don't treat him like a joke character. And yep. He can actually show intensity and stuff. He doesn't have to always make these goofy pot jokes. Yeah, much better character. Much better. It's all been great. Um, I won't say all, but it's been great. It's been great. Uh, and then there's some stuff on SmackDown that's like very much not hitting. It's still bad. Uh, but yeah. the... <laughs> <laughs> um, like, I mean, I'll, I'll say it. I'll be honest. Um, I like everybody involved in Hit Row. I don't think anything they're doing is working right now. And I think that they are very close to the fans turning on them hard. Um, and it started with the worst thing you can get, which happened last night, which was like no reaction. And uh, so they came out, they beat um, Los Latarios. And... Yeah, I just didn't feel like any of that stuff was hitting. We I... are keeping it real here. Yeah. Look, the only reason that Hit Row was called up because of Swerve. They weren't, as a tag team, I love them. They're amazing. Top Dalla and Ashanti Adonis are not ready to be a tag team. Like, they can't be the tag team champions. They can't carry the division. They're not ready they still honestly need to be developing in nxt and that's not a diss to them that's not anything that's just like they were given a lot because swerve was on the trajectory trajectory and they were attached to him so they went but they should still be down in nxt developing as a tag team that's all it really is yeah um yeah, yeah. uh i i think the <laughs> the bigger issue on the whole is that every tag team with the company kind of feels like it's at a standstill other than the Usos. Because, yeah. I mean, when you really look at, at it, like, Street Profits are languishing. What are the Street Profits doing right now? Like, they have nothing. They have had nothing since the breakup storyline that didn't happen. Mm -hmm. um, 
bringing Los Lotharios on to have that match. Like, we haven't seen Los Lotharios on TV in forever. Um, I know that Otis and uh, yeah, Latin, Jack Gable, yeah. What do they do? They just are basically like a joke at this point. Like, they don't have anything. Like, I feel like the tag division is just at a standstill because they have both belts on the Usos. And that's not to say that um, they can't end up doing something good with that, but um, they aren't doing any feuds in the tag division. There's no storylines in the tag division at all. So everybody is just kind of waiting until you figure out what you want to do with the Usos or who's going to be the guy to dethrone them. Um, And so I feel like that's kind of hurt the entire division. Yeah, it has. Um, Yeah, and like I said, I don't want to down on like anybody's potential, but I I do feel like I agree with what you said, Reg, that as far as Hit Row is concerned, I think, yeah, being attached to Swerve, Swerve was ready for primetime. He was ready. And I think had Hit Row been called up as just like his kind of dog and pony show, I think that that would have helped um, just being a part of his act. Yeah. But being on their own, you're starting to see a lot of exposure. And I do think that they probably should be cooking in NXT mm-hmm. uh, 2.0. Yeah. Whereas there's some NXT 2.0 actually, I think, um, as teams probably could benefit from just being on the main roster. Definitely. And freshening, yeah. freshening that up. So, um, yeah. Like, get uh, the homies from uh, uh, that are with Joe Gacy. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, uh, Grizzly Young Vets. Yeah, how are yeah. they still in that gimmick? Like they could be yeah. on the main roster Grizzly right Young now Vets, as the Grizzly Young Vets. Like they have a and couple I, I mean, things like that. Even when you think about it, when I'm thinking of the guys that it looks like they're developing to beat the Usos, they're not even an established tag team that is right. on TV. It's probably going to be Sammy and KO. So mm-hmm. again, you've got all of these tag teams just kind of standing around twiddling their thumbs, doing nothing. Right. Yeah, it'll probably take a while, but that's the one thing that Hunter still hasn't gotten right is is the tag team division. But the issue that he's sitting on right now is the fact that the Usos are on such a strong run. They've got both sets of titles right now. And... It's just the same exact issue as Roman. Like he put the yeah. Usos in the same yeah. exact predicament. So, and I actually feel like the Usos are in a worse predicament because um, nobody feels like a believable threat to them because right. you don't showcase tag team wrestling, and Definitely. so. Because there's no way to build up the other tag teams, like nobody feels like nobody feels like a believable threat to them. There's no story around them. Like I said, the best story that's developing are built around two single guys possibly right. getting together. Yeah. yeah. Um that <laughs> all of that said, uh one thing I do have to commend. Um I guess we'll throw out a Will Washington rest in peace bozo to the brand split because i'll say this i am absolutely just enjoying the fact that people just show up on raw or smackdown i don't care about any of what brand anybody's fucking on it's all Um, wwe dude it's all wwe i don't care like i don't want raw exclusive superstars it's Mm. actually great that hey braun Strowman gets to wrestle on both shows here and Drew McIntyre is facing Austin Theory. The main event last night of uh, SmackDown with KO and Johnny Gargano being there and the the shoosh homies. Like, yeah, just mix it up. Throw everybody everywhere. It's like just making an entertaining show. I don't care who puts it together, who does the job. Just, like, do it. Like, I don't want a brand split. Um, I think that... Now, granted, not having a brand split requires kind of acknowledging AEW's existence in a sense. But again... (laughs) 
Who fucking cares? Um, just I... do it. And the, and the reason I say that is because the brand split only existed as a supplement to the fact that WCW was gone. Um, and so that's what I mean by that. within themselves. They have to admit was... that they have competition out of themselves. Right. I, the only thing that I will say to that is um, you may not want a brand split. It may seem like it's over in certain ways, but they're still carrying on like the brand split exists with the way that they do stuff with Ronda, for example. Ronda is very much a SmackDown superstar. The women's uh, division is the only thing that has it still, uh, but yeah, everything so, else, it, people are just jumping across brands. Yeah, it, it just seems like they are very clearly grooming Ronda again to be the face of the women's SmackDown division. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. it just is not... It's weird because, like I said, all of this live stuff, it just feels like live is a placeholder right now for them right. to get Ronda ready to take the title back. It's um, crazy. I didn't think they would and, use Liz for that, which is hilarious. Oh, I wait, and I just thought about something, too. It actually, it really is just the SmackDown women's division. Because mm -hmm. now I'm thinking about last night's SmackDown, Bailey had a match, and then after yep. the match was over, Bianca ran down to help. Like, honestly, yeah, yeah. it I, really just is the SmackDown. I, and I don't the even know if it's the whole division. I think it's mostly that Fox wants Ronda. Fox is like, right. well, we want Ronda to be exclusive to SmackDown. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, and so, I don't know. It really The only titles that are still split are the Raw and SmackDown uh, women's titles. Everything else is one title across the brands. Like I said, you just have people showing up, just doing whatever. That's fine. Like, just... Do that. Just fucking do that. Just give us matches wherever you can give us matches and just do it. Like, it doesn't matter. Um, because, again, the brand split was really originally going to be, history lesson for folks, was originally supposed to be WCW and WWF. Um, that there was the storyline explanation was supposed to be on, I think it was the July 7th, 2001 episode of Raw. They had divorce proceedings that were supposed to go through between Vince and Linda. And uh, after Linda did the, I want a divorce. And uh, <laughs> and what? then after she, cut the, after she told Vince that he wants a divorce and then um, she was gonna take half the company and give it to Shane. And then Shane was going, that's where the brand split was going to officially begin. And there was going to be WCW, WWF. And then they Did ran that end that... up in the ECW episode? Was um, that the July 7th episode or was it? I think, I think that? that was that one. Yeah. yeah. Because what ended up happening. That's one of my favorite Raws ever until the end. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, what ended up happening instead was uh, they ran that episode of uh, Raw where they did the Buff Bagwell versus Booker T match in the main event yeah. in Washington, D.C., I think it was. and uh, Everybody shit on it. And everybody shit on it, even <laughs> though everybody knew. And everybody said, look, literally the following week's Raw was in Atlanta, home of WCW. Had you done it there, the it fans would have taken to it. Uh, but you did it the week before. But anyway, they did that show. And immediately we're like, okay, WCW is not going to work as its own brand. Scrap all of this. And mm -hmm. following week, we're just like, let's forget we were ever planning a Vince and Linda divorce storyline. Let's forget that she ever asked for the divorce on screen. Let's forget that Vince McMahon's even a heel because we're going to turn him babyface and right. turn all of WWF babyface and turn mm -hmm. Shane heel and uh, turn all of WCW heel because it can't work on its own. It's not going to work on its own. And they like immediately backed off of it and waited another year to do it. And in another year, it ended up becoming just the Raw and SmackDown split. But the funny thing was, the brand they were going to give up from WWF at the time was Raw. It was Raw. <laughs> it was Raw. SmackDown was going to retain the WWF branding, mm -hmm. and Raw was going to become WCW's programming. Yeah. And uh, 
just the fact that they and they, they were going all in. Remember, they were advertising WCW house shows, mm-hmm. and uh, there's an old commercial out there of like, "Come see your favorite WCW stars as WCW is back in a house show," and then that ended up yeah. getting uh, canceled. Yeah, can't see how that might have been a bad idea. Very bad. <laughs> so yeah, it was like the. Either way, the whole purpose behind the brand split was originally to fill a void left in the industry by the fact that there were no longer two major players. And so it's like, well, we'll just be both major players was WWE's original intention. And I think that that served its purpose for a long time. But the fact is, we do have another major player in place. And for a few years, it's like, let's just ignore him and keep trying to do the we're the two major players thing. But at the end of the day, don't. You don't have to. Yeah. One major player. Just do it. I'm still getting worried, man, because I think you've got to come up with a plan for what you're going to do with Roman soon because we're now heading into January soon, and it doesn't seem like we have any clear direction on what you want to do with either of those Mm -hmm. titles. And it still seems like he may be going away to do acting or something soon. So you got to come up with a plan. They still have to figure that out. Somebody in the chat says WWF should have had Raw and WCW should have had SmackDown slot change to Nitro. Here's the thing. The reason that that was the case was because Raw and SmackDown were both at the time. Raw was on TNN. SmackDown was on UPN. Both networks were owned by Viacom. And so at that point, you had one company overseeing both. So they weren't necessarily concerned about losing either. Um, And really what it was was WCW had more of a cable presence. WCW Mm -hmm. didn't have a network television presence. And so the thought was the WCW brand was stronger on cable. Let's give Raw to WCW. And then SmackDown had more of a network television presence. SmackDown was doing better in the ratings than Raw at the time. And even though Raw is older than SmackDown, it was only like six years older. So at that point, it was like SmackDown was a hot brand. It had The Rock's name associated with it. Um, SmackDown's the one we're going to keep. And then at the end of the day, it was like, now we're keeping all of it. So that was really what it was. It was more so about WCW having a cable presence, WWF not having that. Or WWF had a cable presence, but WWF was so strong on network TV that it was like, we can't just put WCW on network TV. It's not going to work. Nobody Mm -mm. knows it. Yeah, I, I, I still think at this point, like even thinking at the Roman stuff and who what they're going to do with the title, I think the worst thing that they're doing right now is being afraid to just give someone a loss. I think that's how we got the Sola Sokoa thing. It's just like it's just too obvious when they don't want somebody to lose. And when they don't want somebody to lose, they give us all of these dumb booking decisions to just avoid just letting them lose. It's just like mm-hmm. if you don't want this guy to lose, why put two, both two, both titles on It's just does not make any sense at all Mm -hmm. um it's the same thing with solo if you don't want this guy to lose why put a title on him right and so on the other side of things we had dynamite dynamite um as i mentioned on day after dynamite it was the first episode of dynamite with three big promo segments since december 9th 2020 uh and tony con tony tweeted that out um and hey gave me props on my wrestling memory he did that uh but that was the last time that was the case and i hope Uh, this is the last time for another two years (laughs) so i thought two of the promo segments hit but the third did not i liked everything with the jericho stuff i know it was a big debate here last week but i thought that 
Jericho going after the heart and soul of Ring of Honor worked. Um, and at least it works for me. We do have to talk about uh, kind of we do have to talk about the ratings and how it is affecting the ratings and how uh, there are people not interested in Ring of Honor. And the thing is, we saw that from WWE and where um, when they would kind of infuse NXT stuff um, that wasn't brought strictly into the main roster, fans were kind of were disinterested. They're like, mm-hmm. if I wanted to watch NXT, I'd watch NXT. I'm right. here for yeah. Raw. And I do think that there are people not interested in what's happening with Ring of Honor stuff and really want Ring of Honor kept where it's going to be kept. Um, and, But I thought as somebody who is interested in it, I liked the opening segment. I liked Daniel Garcia. That was a kind of sink or swim type promo for him because he very well could have sank. And I thought he did great with it. I thought, um, you know, throwing down the bucket hat when he got it. I thought he was great. I thought he was great with Brian throwing out the challenge. But the one thing he never did in the whole segment was walk away from the Jericho Appreciation Society. Mm-hmm. He got angry with him, but he never declared himself a wrestler yet. Right. Uh, it hasn't happened. Yeah. Um, so I still don't like the idea of putting the title on this guy. I still think that it reeks of the same stuff that we had an issue with, like taking the title off of Kofi because this guy's a bigger name. I still don't like it. Um, But I will acknowledge that I think that Jericho is having a fantastic year. I think he's been having great matches. I think his segments have been hitting better than they have been over the past two years. And I thought the opening segment was good. I thought this, the, I think all of the stuff like him saying that I'm going to be the guy that beats all of your favorite ring of honor champions and ruins this brand, destroys everything that you love about it. I think that's great heel stuff. Um, I think all this stuff with him and Garcia is fantastic. I've said since day one, I think everything they're doing with Garcia is some of the best storytelling they're doing. Um, All the Brian stuff they did is great. The way they paced it and made it seem like a raw segment, which had to be intentional, like all the way down to, hey, here's this big opening segment. Other wrestler comes down to confront, sets up the match. That is totally WWE's way of opening a show. There's mm-hmm. no way that wasn't intentional. Um, all that stuff was great. Um, but I'm now concerned because we sat on this podcast and had that long debate. And it was like, well, this is leading to Brian. Brian's challenging in Toronto. I don't think that Brian's winning that match. Yeah, I was uh, going to say, how how are you going to, how is Chris Jericho going to defeat all the people in two weeks? I'm going to beat all the guys. Yeah. And then, uh, well, so Brian so I was weeks. thinking, but the fact that he wants to run through all of them, now my brain started going, ooh, okay. Jericho's already been cooking. Who else could he cook with? And I pulled up the whole list of former Ring of Honor champions, and I'm like, "Hey, when's Cole ready? Because I, I would like to see that." Wait, Cole uh, would be good. Jay yeah. Lethal, Samoa Joe, uh, Kyle O'Reilly, Kyle O'Reilly. Yeah, he's gonna be out for a while. Uh, uh, not, not CM Punk. A, not gonna be <laughs> any cult of personality for a while. <laughs> not CM <laughs> Punk. Um, so I don't know, but it it does. I don't know. It's, a, I, it's I, actually kind of a shame that we don't get to see Jericho Gresham because that is one that would fit here that works. Um, um, yeah, there's a lot of stuff they can do with him um, against Ring of Honor. Um, I do think that they're doing the Brian match too soon. Um, yeah. I, I, a part of me thinks this is going to be a shenanigans finish and they're just going to run a rematch at a Ring of Honor show. Maybe, and that pisses and it, me off. Uh, <laughs> just save the fucking match. Why do we have to have this stupid match that you're going to do? I hate when, well, this match is going to lead to that. We're having the match now. Do the shit now. Why are we leading to another match? Yeah, so I have a I, question, by the way. If it were, uh, like I said, I'm looking at the Ring of Honor champions. Um, 
So Lethal like, fair. if they did PCO versus Jericho, is that like the oldest match that would ever take place on Dynamite? I, th- I think uh, it would be. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, this does that bring up the combined. They're over. That's a hundred and two six years. A hundred six years. Mm. So PCO. Uh, Taven's gonna show up and and can But. Now, but that does raise the question, like, is the end game here Brian? Because if he just beats Brian next week, even if it's not shenanigans and he just beats him clean, all right, then is the end game Garcia? Oh, that would actually be cool, too. Uh, because I mean, I could see Ring of Honor. I could specifically see Tony wanting to remerge the pure title and the world. Why? Again, why are you getting why are you getting rid no, of I don't know. That, 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 that Gresham has done? I just don't understand that. <laughs> I don't want to get annoyed <laughs> by it again. It just doesn't make sense yeah. to me. Um, but I like I said, I, I don't wanna jump I don't wanna jump ahead because I do think what Jericho is currently doing is good. And I do think two things can be true. It's possible that I don't like the way that they put the title on him, but it could end up leading to something that I enjoy and so yeah, the opening segment here was good, but I still have concerns. Yeah, um, I thought the other segment that was good was um, I thought Wheeler Yuta was good. Uh, mm-hmm. I talked about this on Day After Dynamite. I thought that he showed fire, and I thought that uh, you know my my stance on talkers is that I just need to believe them. That obviously there's degrees to talkers. You know, you've got MJF. He's a 10 out of 10 talker. Cody's like a 9 out of 10, right? Like, uh, these are guys that I'm going to get some great promos out of. I know that. Um, Sometimes I don't need just a great promo guy. I just need somebody I believe. And I believed Wheeler here. I believed him as somebody who doesn't like MJF, who finds him annoying, who is... uh, I don't know. I, I just liked everything about him here this week. And, you know, he's like, look, I know what you're going to say. You're going to tell me i um boring, paint dry, blah, blah, blah. You're going to mention local sports team, all this he, other shit. You hit him with the B-Rabbit. Like, um. I, I loved all of that <laughs> stuff, right? Um, and so I thought, the, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, the thing that I, I took away from this segment is two things. Um, I saw people that were like, oh, his voice cracked. And, oh, he, he looks like he's trying too hard. Um. The only way that people are going to develop is you let, if if you put them on TV and you let them stumble through a promo and get better. Um, Yuta is never going to get better unless you put him against guys like MJF and allow him to get the audience on his side. Um, otherwise, that stigma of him not being able to talk is going to hang with him throughout his time with AEW. My least favorite stigma and, that people still yeah, get yeah. hung up. I hate that we're even having this conversation. I know, like I said, yeah. and that's why I feel yeah. like, look, you don't have to be able to, you just have to be believable. That's it. I just right. want to believe that you're set because that is, that really is what it comes down to is that sometimes it, people can't talk. That's okay. As long as you come off like you believe what you're saying, don't matter. Right. Um, to me anyway. I know that there are people who are like, no, if you're not The Rock, then... Uh, you should be on the microphone. Yeah, it's like, um, okay, three so, people in the fucking world should be on the microphone. Yeah. yeah and, <laughs> and I'm just going to say again, and he ate MJF. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but uh, <laughs> the, the other thing is, even though I've made all these jokes, MJF is really good. And no, MJF why, is incredible on the mm-hmm. fucking mic. The, the reason why I say that is, uh, I think the things that he does as a heel 
uh, people miss the intricacies that he does at the heel. Because it's not just that he goes out there and runs somebody down and never gives them a chance to recover. Um, I think that he gave you the spots to shine in this, and he never came back and stepped on any of his moments. That's what you're supposed to do as a heel. And I think um, this all goes into the women's segment of why, when you look at certain things that worked in other segments, it makes you not appreciate other things. Because, again, I do think you have to put people out there and let them stumble. And I think that um, the only way the women are going to get better in in in-ring segments is by allowing them to go out there and stumble through a rough segment like that. But at the same time, one of my issues that I've had with Britt for a while is as a heel, she hasn't picked up how to allow the other person to shine. It's only run down, and then you get to the end of the segment, and she looks like the one that came out on top, and the other person never gets a chance to recover. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about this segment, because this, this was the one that's the most controversial. The women's segment was big stinky. Um, and <laughs> uh, this... Great way to describe it. Uh, yeah, I didn't like this. I, uh, what was the point yeah. of this? So, I'm, I'm going to start with the positives that I think of this. I think okay. that I think that they treated Soraya like a big deal. They did what they needed to do. They did everything I wanted them to do in a sense that um, they gave her plenty of time to talk to the crowd. Um, I think that. It is a mistake to have her address the crowd in that way if you're not ready to tell them if she's ready to, to wrestle. Agreed. Um, and I think that that is the hard part you're going to have until you're ready to talk about that. You can't just leave that as the open-ending thing because that's what everybody wants to know. Um, I think she did well for the first part of that promo until it became clear that it was a different audience. And you could see the separation of when it became clear it was a different audience. Um and I don't think she ever quite recovered after that because it was like the WWE crowd will feed you back in certain ways that the AEW crowd won't. Um, and I think the crowd was into it for most of the way. But you could tell she kind of is used to having a script. And that's not to say that she needs it, but this is also somebody that has not been on TV for, what, over a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and it showed. Um, and... The way that they tried to build this segment the same way that they've done women's segments on WWE of, hey, here's a woman cutting a promo. Hey, bring all the other women down. Hey, here, let's. I'm going to set up the match as the, as the plot device for that. It did not work here. Um, it's everything that I don't like about women's segments from WWE. But on a positive note, I do think that it's good to allow the women again to come out and have moments like this and give them time to see where you can go from there. Because if you don't give them those moments, they don't develop. Um, so I don't think it was all bad, but boy, was this rough to watch. It was very uncomfortable moments. Um, again, I think the the stuff at the end with Brit and her giving the what rhymes with Brit line. Awful. That doesn't happen if uh, you structure this segment better. Um, this is one of the few times I felt like this segment needed a writer um, mm-hmm. because it just seemed like it was just a bunch of stuff happening that did not seem to connect together. <laughs> it do, was just a bunch of bunch of separate things happening all at the same time. Does the women, do they need an on-screen leader per se? Because I feel like we just got the same exact thing with Madison Rain. They put out an email and they were like, Madison Rain is here to, to do the thing. And I feel like Paige did exactly the same. Saraya did the same exact thing 
that they did again. So it's like, oh, we have another leader, but do, do the women's division need an authority figure over them? Is that what's needed to take them to the next step? I, I am going to disagree with you, Zero. I see that in there. Sorry, Zeno Hour. And he says that the segment was messy, but Britt saved it. I do not think Britt saved the segment. Mm-hmm. I think that Britt did what she always did. She made herself look great, but I don't think she made anybody else in this segment look good. I think that the Jamie Hayter chance happening during Britt's um, segment felt very tone deaf to me. It, it said everything that she was still doing the new, the usual shtick, and they didn't even address anything that's been happening with Jamie Hayter for weeks. I think that was a mistake. Um, Again, I still don't feel like the time is right for Jamie. I'm not uh, saying that she yeah. has to completely and, turn on her, but to not address the chance at all, that just, I don't, that doesn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. Speaking of which, I will give the AEW Women's Division two big pieces of credit this week. I thought Serena and Tony Storm went out there and cooked afterward. Awesome. That was a great match. Uh, great match. I, I was just unfortunate that the segment was distracting and then having the lumberjacks out there was also distracting because yeah, I didn't, oddly didn't enough, have though, enough lumberjacks to fit in the right. ring space. So. Oddly enough, though, the lumberjacks also were there to really set up what they were doing for the for Rampage, which was to set up Willow and... And that um, shit. Ooh-wee. They cook. Willow yeah, and, and Jamie Hader. Hader. Yeah, yeah great, very good. Another great match. Yeah, two great women's matches coming off of what was built in that segment. So, I mean, it's just like they, we haven't gotten any great women's segments that we can really think about that's due with promo. Like every time that Thunder Rosa came out, they buried her. Like, I don't, they have to figure something out. Maybe it feels right. Maybe they need a writer for just those segments because just letting them have free will has been not. And I, look, it's, it's nothing wrong with giving them control over their, over their promos and stuff. Definitely. But I, I think certain things like, uh, this segment looked like it wasn't planned very well, and I think you have to give them structure to work in. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you don't, this is what we end up with because, um, again, that lull in between. Because again, the first when when Soraya first came out and she cut her promo, all that stuff was fine. Mm-hmm. But that lull in between her getting uncomfortable and going, "Yeah, uh, bring out the women, come out, women." It's like, uh, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, all of the parts where she tried to recover, it just did not work and you could see all of the all of the parts where it seemed like they were missing cues it just it was not it was it wasn't good uh but yeah the match afterwards was very good and i think it 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 is a positive that we're moving the women out of the death spot and you're giving them a better spot on the card it is it is a little bit comforting that they're trying to do something different but this did not work mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> and I mean, I, I've also seen people say it's probably not a good idea to have a baby face come in right away and say, hey, this is what's wrong with your women. Hate it. Division. I and, hate it. Hey, at least the women are getting five minutes. Um, that isn't a problem if we know what the direction is with Soraya. If we know she plans to wrestle, then it's easier to get behind that. But if it's just like she's just in the ring saying these things and it's like, OK, well, where are we going with this? Where's the end goal? It's hard to get behind. And she didn't really give us any definitive answer on that because she uh, she came out and she said, I'm damaged but not broken. And that says to me that uh, what I picked up from that is I can wrestle eventually but not right now. Yeah, just not cleared right at this moment. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, but I still think that Soraya got over pretty well. I still think her star power is very evident. Like the fact that she already came in with with signs and so much fanfare is good. But oof, they've got it's, it's, it's a little bit of an uphill battle. They yeah, they've got to figure out a better way to capitalize on it if they don't know if she's cleared yet. Right. Um. Well, let's wrap up with uh some viewer content. Mm-hmm. And I want to start with Super Saiyan to Anwar, who says, uh, happy anniversary. It's been fun to listen to y'all talk about numerous things. Who do you think are the most underrated and overrated wrestlers this year? Um, Roman is over, definitely. Um, overrated? Yeah, duh. I mean, I'll, I can agree um, with that. Yeah, just duh. I said that I, Ro- I, I, Roman stands. Righteous Reginald said that. I said it. Roman I mean, no, is overrated. I'll, I'll, I'll say that just because of the fact, like I can agree with that really in the sense that I think Roman has been doing his best mic work ever. Um, I haven't really, I feel one match this year that he's had is worth like writing home about and the rest have been like, okay. He's only had eight matches this year. And so that's where I'll, I'll kind of throw him in a little bit of the over. What, what's the but one that's not say I don't enjoy it. Say? Is it the Brock match? Um, I was going to say Seth, but, uh, <laughs> oh, you slowly blinked is so funny. The <laughs> Seth match. Yet. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say the Seth match. Um, Brock was fine. That was more of a spectacle than anything else. Uh, I thought the six man was very good, I, but that's technically not a Roman match. Mm-hmm. Um, you almost forget that happened too. Uh, but as far as underrated is concerned, I don't know because he's starting to get his due now. Like I could say Sami Zayn, but now we're starting to see mm-hmm. it from a lot of uh, and kind of a lot of. Now everybody's saying he's the best. Yeah, um, I I would say underrated. I don't think that people um, give Hangman's t- title reign the credit it deserved. I thought he was a great champion, um, and I think he put on some banger matches. And I think that has somehow gotten forgotten. Um, That's so a good that, answer. I mean, it's not I a think, somehow. We know how. <laughs> Well, I, I think even before that, I think people were so ready to take the title off of him at several points. Like, we'll put it on Brian. We'll put it here. It's like they didn't even really. Some fans didn't give him enough of a chance. And I think that I think that he was better than people gave him credit for. So I would say Hangman as underrated. Uh, overrated. It's so hard to answer this and not make it seem like I'm being shady to anybody. <laughs> um overrated um i'm gonna go i'm gonna go with brock because i just don't feel like he still needs to be champion in this year and i feel like putting the title on brock caused i forgot problems. he was champion this year a lot exactly. has happened this year he, <laughs> I, I, I w- he I had two brock. reigns this year that's right he was <laughs> oh, wwe champion day one was this year, this year. yeah, yeah. I, I i would say brock i don't think that brock should have beat biggie at day one and it caused right. more problems than it solved um and mm-hmm. i wasn't the biggest fan of Brock versus Roman at SummerSlam. I thought that that match was fairly overrated. So I'm going to go with Brock. I think uh, this is going to sound crazy, super duper unreal sounding crazy saying that underrated, but Bianca Belair, dude, the things that Bianca Belair, she should be the face of the fucking company. The thing that she has done these last weeks, these last months, just kind of under. Oh my God. Brock won the Royal Rumble. Brock won the Royal Rumble. Yeah, Brock won the Royal Rumble. And Rumble. then became Sorry, WWE champion right after. No, yeah. it's all good. It's all good. But I think that, I think, of course, they give her her 
due diligence, but I think she needs to be the face of the company, how she carries herself, how she's improved in the ring, man. Like, like Will was saying about that match, like she is on point and there's some matches she's even better than she is. So it's like, I don't think she gets enough, even though she gets a lot. It's like, I don't even think y'all know what y'all got. You know, it's crazy. I love Bianca. And she's she was amazing. one of those ones that the first time I ever saw her, I was just like, yeah, there's something. There's something there. It. Yeah, you mm. can see it. Um, let's see. The Was it Black Phoenix brand, was it? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Uh, it says, happy anniversary, fellas. This has become, or this has easily become my favorite podcast out there. And I look forward to many more years of Grap City content. Uh, and cheap plug. Uh, when I get this Black Phoenix podcast up and running, I hope to have y'all guys on some time. Hashtag Grapsity. Thank you so appreciate much. We appreciate, uh, appreciate that. that. R- Rhonda is a good answer as well for overrated. Rhonda has not done anything that interesting since she's been back, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, they've been better with her the last few yeah, years. Yeah, I was going like, to say, after after Liz lost, she's been a live. Hunter, uh, she's been kind of, I don't know. Been Hunter's like better at booking her for sure. Um, yes. Uh, but yeah. I still think it's 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 been an uphill battle most of the year. Yeah. Uh, let's see. We've got Matthew Plus says, "Can you please or can you explain the wrestling term the office or Iggy?" Bobby Fish used it when uh, trying to explain his <laughs> kick out on Punk. Said Punk did that before the three count. Uh, sidebar: You guys uh, are great. Love to Phil and Reg. Keep educating uh, white people like me. <laughs> um. I don't know. I I don't. I'm not, I'm not a wrestler. I can't. We can't say terms. We'll get beat up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, no. No. I apparently MJF doesn't like it when people use it. Yeah, we can't. Either. No, so we can't. I don't, I don't want any more smoke with with MJF. Ask a wrestler because they don't. That, like which that. is hilarious. We said I don't want any smoke, and I spent the first few minutes of our podcast <laughs> and you shoot a lot going of in. On, <laughs> you went in on MJF. You shooting all at the beginning of the podcast. You know what? I actually don't want any smoke. Yo, you know, I I still think the guy will be champion by the end of the year. I'm still I, that's still my oh, prediction. Max is just waiting for his championship, man. He's waiting for it. Um, and let's see, we got one still from suck, MJF. <laughs> uh, Tony says, "Happy anniversary, my peoples! Can't wait for another year of Black Excellence." Uh, for the Sammy Ko Bloodline story, I think Ko should try one more time to convince Sammy, but he and i'm trying to get the rest of it but he should pull out all the receipts of what ko has done to him as a friend i mean uh, yeah, uh, yeah. i think that would be great because he, he has been a horrible friend he has. Show, show ko that he has been a bad friend and tells him to leave him alone so when the bloodline turns on him it will be more special when ko does come out for the save and helps confront sammy post beatdown. yeah i think that's exactly where they might be going it's a great story. Uh, um, he says and since today is a celebration of black excellence. Let's talk about Ricky. I know I speak for everyone when I say fans deserve a Starks versus MJF story in the near future. The promos would be chef's kiss. Yeah, I could see that coming by the time MJF is champion within the next year or so. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm starting to think that Sammy is going to turn on them and they're not going to turn on him. Um, and I started to get those first hints this week. Um, I, I, I could very much see Sammy turning on them and Jay turning around and going i was right i told y'all all along that we cannot trust this dude mm-hmm. i can see that too um kels asked he says with ticket sales being down and buzz not being what it was last year have you heard of tk doing anything to spice up aw is this a result of aw being up 
when the elite were the focus of the show, they weren't having these problems, just saying. Um, as far as ticket sales being down are concerned, um, the one thing that I think is important to look at is uh, that, yeah, in, in a lot of these markets, they are absolutely down in places where they've been better before. Um, the side to look at is that the first time markets are still doing really well. Mm -hmm. Seattle, for example, they just sold like crazy for Seattle. Um, and Toronto is sold out. Uh, and I think they have done a, I guess, a bang up job exhausting these markets that, uh, you know, the fact that they're even advertising our only show of this year um, at this place, like and it's a place that they've already been multiple times this year, um, I think is concerning. I think creating certain venues three times in a single year isn't great. Uh, Philly, for example, this past week, um, that was the third time in the span of a year that they had hit that exact arena. Same with they're hitting the Aganis Arena in Boston soon. I believe that's because uh, they were also in Lowell, Massachusetts for Ring of Honor, and they were also in um, Worcester, Massachusetts as well. All and of they're really within... close to WWE too. Like sometimes they'll have WWE have a show, and then two weeks later, it's an AEW show mm -hmm. in the same area, same venue, and that that plays a big role but, too. Like wrestling fans ain't got all the money in the world to be buying all the tickets. I think honestly, though, it is they're exhausting these these towns. I think there is a there is a factor of the buzz being down from the last couple of years, but I think the biggest factor is. Um, you gotta give these people a chance to miss the show, uh, because I know you don't you don't agree, Phil. Because hey, Chicago's I, hey, eating I, just I, fine. I, I, Tired of y'all. I will be eating just fine a day before Thanksgiving, guys. Yeah, <laughs> and so yeah, that, that that plays I think a really big part in it though is is exhausting the markets. Um, you know they've got these live rampages coming up. As a matter of fact, rampage is pretty much live until like Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. uh that they're going to be just doing these live rampages and they're not selling all that well and a big piece of that is um i don't think they've done a good job at all of telling people that rampage is going to be different starting this friday yeah that the average person i don't even think knows that there's any difference between what's happening with this friday's rampage and last friday mm -hmm. but for the next while they're going to be live and they're advertising all the big talent there and so they've got to do a, something to illustrate to people Rampage is different it's starting important. now. Yeah. Yeah. That this is, that we're hitting these shows uh, and they are going to be live. Um, but yeah, it is, I think it's just exhausting the markets. And I think they got to mm -hmm. hit some of the first time markets. They got to hit some of those markets that they haven't hit in a long time. Um, yeah. They got to give some guys back their canceled shows. New Mexico. They still haven't uh, given Albuquerque their show back um, after that got canceled due to the pandemic. Yeah. Give them I a mean, show. Hey, Denver, I, you haven't been here since March of 2020. Yeah. I mean, of course, I'm making jokes about the Chicago thing, but I also think that there's stuff that they had planned with Punk that probably got hurt without them being able to. Because, I mean. I'm of the belief that MJF will probably be champion by the time they come back to Chicago. And are you kidding me? Him possibly trolling and coming out to cult of personality and being a jerk in Chicago. It's going to be great. That's the time to do it. Everybody was like, Hey, it should be MJF when he at the first dance. No, the time to play cult of personality and have 
uh, MJF come out, this is the one. It's now. Yeah. And him right. coming out with the, possibly with the title. So I, him coming back, them coming back to Chicago this year makes sense story-wise. It would have made more sense if, if they still had Punk at the moment. But um, I think the payoff with Max is going to be worth it. I'm running really short on time, so I'm going to answer the next few of these. Uh, I got to kind of have to cut them off at uh, at the moment. So I'll do everything that we've gotten, but then I can't really do any new ones. Um, it says, I want answers from all three of you on this. Who do you think will be the first black AEW champion? Then who do you think will be in the first match to have to go or to have the world title go from one black wrestler to another? Uh, choose your champion challenger. Um, Swerve is first. Uh, I do think that Swerve's got the best trajectory to get there. Uh, and he's the one I see at this moment in time. He really does feel like an AEW guy at this stage. And yeah, yeah. Uh, I know that he doesn't have the, I mean, he does have the WWE history with him, but um, it really does feel like a guy that they're all in on. So, yeah. I, and again, that's not a thing I get from Swerve, Mm-mm. by the way. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's Swerve and for an opponent. Um, I think, I think once they break up Keith Lee, I think that rivalry is going to go for a while. Mm-hmm. I would like to see it take place over the TNT title. Even though that story wasn't true, I do want to see Keith and Swerve <laughs> involve the TNT title. Right. Um, Justin Todd says, uh, Vince retires in shame and Inoki passing. What the fuck is 2022? It's the craziest, craziest year I still ever. say Stone Cold Steve Austin wrestled. He had a match. Yeah. Chi yeah. <laughs> Town Spurs says, TBH, I'm not feeling damage controls booking at all. Or I guess the seal from Alex Pawlowski. Uh, Alex Katar, or sorry, it was uh, Damage Katarl's uh, booking. <laughs> yes. Um, Ask I, Katarl and Pigup. Um, um, yeah. I, I can see that from people. That the the six-man booking, six-woman booking hasn't been great because it hasn't allowed anybody to look like an individual, including yeah. Bianca sometimes. But mm-hmm. I think Bailey's going to beat it for the title. So. Yeah. She is. I think so, too. Extreme rules. I think it's going to happen. Although, I think they'll chicken shit out and do a DQ. But then again, that's the I Vince. I hope not. That's Vince PTSD. It's a ladder match. Um, it, oh, it is. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh, and that protects Bianca. Yeah, I think that mm-hmm. uh, she absolutely works. Uh, yeah. She wins it there. Uh, Shanika says, just sending some love on the big day. Happy anniversary. And here's to more. Thank you, Shanika. We always Thank you, Shanika. It. You're the best. Um, appreciate you. Dream Ninja 77 says, big love to the best wrestling podcast. I'm so happy Candice is back in WWE. Time for her to show just how good of a wrestler she is. I felt really sad about that uh, debut for her because I think they were anticipating more people knowing who she was. And um, that's one of those cases where, in hindsight, probably would have done more of a buildup or something along those lines. A QR uh, code. Yeah. I yeah. think they should have QR code. I think they should have done some teases or vignettes for yeah. Candace because she's been off TV longer than than Johnny, and I don't think that she has the she doesn't have the NXT history that Johnny has. Yeah, she didn't have the strong. standing with she didn't have the standing with fans to do it the way they did it, yeah. and I felt like the fans didn't give her anything. And yeah. uh, but I, I agree. Really happy to see that. her back. Yeah, happy yeah. to see her back. Yeah, definitely. PWG baby. Public Enemies podcast says, send my buttons in. Pop me. <laughs> Have you one year, guys. Thank you, Public Enemies. Appreciate uh, you. And, yeah. Send my buttons, Nick. <laughs> That's hella funny. Uh, let's see. Yozara Hart says, the last thing the women needed was a segment where a babyface on the show said, this division is bad and I'm going to save it. Nobody on Dynamite should or as a face should call dynamite bad. Right. Yeah, I agree. I thought that um, 
you really like the thing people have been asking for from the division is not necessarily anything to change in what the division does. We just want to see more of it. That's it. Um, like um, the wrestling. I, I disagree. Well, like in a sense that like the wrestling is good. I think people like the women themselves. I think the people, the thing people are complaining about is we don't see enough matches from them and we don't see enough segments from them. But I don't think it was necessarily a case where it's like this whole thing needs a revolution, right? Like I think that was a very 2015 thing with the divas where, okay, this thing is treated the way it's treated and the women aren't respected and this has to go. Like we just wanted more. And oddly enough, by doing this segment and giving the women a whole 30-minute block, you kind of did that. Um, just yeah. do um, that more with better segments. The, I, I agree with what you're saying, but the thing I specifically disagree with is that you don't need a baby face to say it. I would agree with that if it wasn't such a persistent criticism of AEW. Um, if, if this was just something a few people felt about the women's division, maybe, but it's loud enough that that's very much a baby face thing to do at this point. Yeah. I, I mean, I can agree with that, but it didn't necessarily get like the pops that they wanted. So no, um, hey, she got booed when she said Tony was the best champion, which oof. Yeah. Um, I, it's really hard. AEW fans. And I think this is a thing, Soraya, if you're listening, anybody listening, there's one thing I know it's AEW fans. AW fans are very much attached to homegrown talent. Yeah. If you tell them that anybody that they didn't necessarily pick is better than the people that they did, you will be in trouble with those fans. It's not going to work. Mm-hmm. And they feel like you're saying WWE, I'm better than them because I was in WWE. That's what that's, that's a, what people don't like that. And people, people don't, don't like want to hear that. Yeah. It's not that they mm-hmm. hate people who are in WWE, but again, Swerve and Keith, yeah. great yep. team. Mm-hmm. But the acclaimed, those are our guys. Yep. We got them there. That's it. Mm-hmm. So therefore, yeah. we if you give us a choice between these two, it's the acclaimed every day. Right. Yeah. A- another good example of where that blew up was uh uh, Ruby and and uh, and, and Brit Statlander, oh, Statlander, yeah, Brit, Ruby and Statlander. That's Statlander. the one. Yeah, they picked Statlander. Yep, and that's a case of look, AEW fans want their homies, and yeah. <laughs> that's that's it. They uh, they want the people that are homegrown that they feel the closest to. Last one, Board Dude Six Thirty says, shout out to Will for remembering Albuquerque. I bought tickets for my family and. Still have yet to get a sniff of AEW. That's what I mean. <laughs> Albuquerque. Uh, uh, <laughs> get, let's start hitting those that city up. You, you, you guys owe them. It's been over two years um, since nobody nobody owes Albuquerque anything. Nobody no, <laughs> but what I mean is like, the show. The show was booked. Adver- the show was booked. It was advertised that people bought tickets, and like every other show got rescheduled. Got back on the map. You've been to other places multiple times. Pretty sure since then they've hit Chicago like six times and you have not. No, no, no. I did a count yesterday, didn't I? Sorry. They hit them seven times since they've been back on the road and you have not given Albuquerque anything. Give Albuquerque a show, damn it. 
All right, folks. Thank you for being a part of this one-year anniversary of Grab City. This means so much to me. It meant so much to have you guys here. Sorry that my quality is probably in the toilet right now, but I'm still Will Washington. Thank you, Phil Lindsay. Thank you, Righteous Reg. Thank you, Fightful. Thank you for a great year. We've got plenty more ahead of us, but in the meantime, we'll see you next time, and have a great day. Peace. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems, too like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.